What is going on, everyone? And welcome to episode three of the Echo Chamber podcast powered by Elgato Wave. My name is Mitch. I am the executive producer and content manager here at Echo Esports. And today is a special episode where we'll be sharing and discussing everything that goes on behind the scenes for events like the Race to World First. But before we jump into introductions, I'd like to quickly give a massive thank you to Elgato for not only providing all the microphones the players used at the Race to World First, but for also powering this podcast. And a special thank you to, uh, to Starforge for uh, giving us the insane PCs that we were uh, able to use at the race. Um, the players were able to basically play uncompromised throughout the entire race thanks to Starforge, so a big thank you to them. Um, you might even say that they're out of this world. So without further ado, uh, why don't we go around and introduce everyone, Sam, if you want to uh, tell everyone who you are and what you do. Hey everybody, uh, my name's Sam. I am the creative director here at Echo. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm in charge of everything that's to do with creative uh, within within Echo Esports. Rim? Cool. Um, Rim, I do. I have my fingers in pretty much ambulance, everything. Go, go, what? go again, go again. There's a massive ambulance oh. in the back. One, one more time, one more time. That's for the jailer, okay? That's, yeah, yeah. It's still, yeah, yeah. From still going. But, Still going, yeah. Basically, I have my fingers in pretty much everything here. Uh, I primarily do tech-related stuff, and yeah, that's pretty much it. Rasmus? Well, I'm Rasmus. I'm the lead graphic designer on Echo. Uh, I'm in charge of basically every flat design here at Echo. Yep. And uh, there is one more person I'd like to uh, give a big thank you to, um, who was unfortunately not able to be on the podcast with us, but I was Jasmine Vuxility. Um, head of partnerships. She basically does everything behind the scenes to organize us to be able to have a venue like her up at the last race. Um, everything responsive related, she's the one that handles it basically by herself. And uh, without her, we would be lost and we wouldn't have none of the uh, awesome stuff that we have today. So, Jasmine, thank you very much. Yeah. Very much appreciated. Thank you, Jasmine. So, yeah. Some hearts and chat for Jasmine, please, yeah. chat. That would be amazing. She deserves all of them. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so um, why don't we start off with pre production? What do we uh, what do we feel about pre-production? The look and feel, um, how we actually go about generating assets. Why don't we start there? Does that sound like a like a plan? Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, well, it's one of the it's one of the it's a, it's where we all collectively start tensing up as a as a team uh, when yeah. uh, when sort of PTR goes live uh, and the new we get to sort of like see um, sort of like what things are going to start looking like. And we start prepping these because we do a lot of prep beforehand like uh jasmine for example specifically does like a lot of prep like like starting to talk to venues and starting to talk to all of that but like us as the creative department we're like okay what's the show gonna look like and i'd love rasmus if you want to have a look at this about like the design choices that we tend to take uh in terms of like how we design a race to world versus asset pack because i think you have such a heavy hand over what a lot of people see in terms of like what the the first stages are for you when you when a PTR launches and you go uh what do I look at first sort of thing yeah uh, so I think the first thing we actually do is we go on PTR and we grab a bunch of screenshots just to get a feel for how the raid will look like um I think the second thing we do is actually we sit down as a whole group and just discuss and brainstorm what do we want to do for in the next race what didn't we like about the previous race and 
it's just a bunch of brainstorming from there. Yeah, we literally sit down for hours on end when there's a new content release as like an expansion or a raid, doesn't really matter what it is. I think we spend so much time together literally just spitballing and talking about like what the look and feel of the raid is, like what color design are they using? <laughs> um, like with this raid specifically, like what, what you're looking at right now, Sam, it's very like, you know, ornate and very titanish and it's a lot of like nice jewel colors but there's a lot of gold so that's like all these little small details that we see when we initially get into that content is sort of yeah. what drives us to start designing and creating the assets you guys see on the broadcast yeah so when we looked at this uh you know we saw the old titan prison sort of elements of it we mm -hmm. liked all of these sort of assets and things uh but then what really kind of like got us is if uh this is see if my crap save oh no you have to be in a raid group i know i remember how world of warcraft works it's fine <laughs> um, oh, i'll but yeah, start like, opening up blender hold on uh but yeah you like we see these assets um and we sort of like go okay what do we want to make that look like and if you remember um we'll get into the obs a little bit later and you remember it but if you have a if you remember and think back about what our l shape looked like and what are some of our scenes looked like they're very heavily influenced from what the environment's like in in the game uh especially in the raid and we've done that for every race that we have produced as a team yeah uh like yeah. it's it's so important and it's something that rasmus is really passionate about um is like making viewers feel um like they're in the raid at the same time yeah definitely and yeah. i think like specifically when our design choice comes up like there's a couple of things that we have done for a few races now that have stayed true throughout all the races but we've just done different design iterations on them so the first thing is like what you're looking at right now right like the big entrance portal that's something that you look at and you're like wow this is really this signifies the the race right and we'll go through multiple iterations of just taking one piece or one element from the raid and we'll change it and we'll kind of adapt it to how our broadcast ends up looking so the portal, for instance, right? Like we initially used the portal way back in Sepulchre. Like that's something that we pulled up and said, like, man, this needs to be like our our representation of what the race is. Our logo for that race needs to be taken from the raid. It needs to be something that's been influenced from the game. So like what mm. what you're showing right now, Sam, like this is like very early iterations. This is like years and years Super ago. Early. Yeah, this is like yeah. what our first design was for the for the the portal. A little bit of process in this. Like I wanted to know that this is me, not Rasmus, because it's very big. <laughs> very basic rasmus does a lot better flat flat work than i do uh this was just sort of an idea that we we had uh where we were sat down going like what if we do the portal as our like logo element and things like that mm -hmm. and this was something that i went away and did and sort of like came up with an idea of like oh well what about if we use this and like this could be what the design language would have looked like if we'd have done it for sanctum and nathria um and then sepulture and like this is the thing that kind of like spawns into it um and then for this time rounds just like as a little very basic process like here is the the door in the in the raid that we took the rasmus grabbed a screenshot of and then we sort of like turned that and worked that a little bit and this is the very early concept of how things sort of like it's actually so crazy looking at that logo into how it ended up being because <laughs> the amount of yeah. work that went into the portal itself was just it's uh it's so fucking much but anyway yeah. <laughs> it's just it's just really funny looking back at very early drafts because we have a great concept and then we don't in the moment realize how much work is going to go into just this small detail and then yeah, yeah i mean i think this is a really good time mitch for yeah, you to bring okay. up yeah okay. bring up the real one okay so uh for this race specifically um i took it upon myself to learn blender uh to the best of my ability and i can't go without saying a big thank you to the um, people that helped along the way uh, Tom, Tom Keck was uh, a, a major help with us with Blender. He did it on his own free will. He just kind of said, I want to help you guys because I love what you're doing. 
So what you're looking at here is um, not the portal that Sam was showing. This is, uh, if you think uh, about the raid, the entrance to Razageth, right? When you fly through that initial gate where Razageth kind of broke into. So what we did is we pulled the model um, and when you pull it out of the game, it is not textured. It is not anything. It just looks like poop. Um, and the process of going and shading and applying a bunch of textures to this portal um, is a large undertaking. And to get it to look good, which is what, you know, as production, what we wanted was to have an asset that we could show off and zoom into like this and get really nice shots of. Um, but yeah, this this process, I don't even know, guys, like hundreds and hundreds of hours went into this. Months. Yeah, like, yeah, this was like our showpiece. Like we wanted this to be the center of what the race world first Vault of the Incarnates looked like. Um, so we dedicated ourselves to making this an asset that we could use um, in the broadcast. And it turned out fantastic. Um, yeah, we're yeah. super happy with it. So, and this is kind of like a thing about where it ends up being all three of us working on something, right? So Mitch, you took on the sort of like the heavy, like doing of this, and this was your main project that there are other things which we'll get to. Um, obviously this was like one of your main projects in the pre-production mm. while Rasmus is tanking, doing a lot of like the flat design work, um, those mm. things like for how the L shape works, doing some animation stuff on there, which we'll show off in a minute as well. Uh, and then like while you're doing that i'm in the background doing other bits and pieces like learning how to animate this so i can teach you the basics of how you animate uh, animate in blender yep. so that you can then go and do all the animation stuff stuff yep. whilst then also working on the obs and starting to build out like the show as show assets as we get them and build that into something so like there's people constantly doing stuff uh all this while while grim is doing nefarious things <laughs> which we'll get to soon um in terms of like getting the show to work and and we're still trying to book a venue and all that sort of stuff because like we're we're trying to book all of these things and make all of these stuff come together so that when that date drops and when we know when it is everything's in place to fire and go it's actually a good thing to throw to grim right now like grim when we're doing this stuff do you can you think back to like what specifically what project you were working on at the time when we're in like the pre-production stage when we're in the asset this was like stage. june right this like is like june, end july. of june july beginning of july yeah 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 i mean at that point we kind of need to start thinking this is asset this is like visual flair right yeah, yeah. but we need to figure out how are we actually getting the show to run mm -hmm. because traditional way you do this is like you get the player feeds or old video feeds more or less with an sdi it's a it's a hard copper line goes from point a to b works great well there is a problem with that is that it's not really versatile right as soon as you deploy it it's really hard to modify your current layout like if you want to add something new if you're out of inputs well uh, yeah, yeah see you next time so yep. this time around, we kind of decided to go with the um, NDI route, which is purely network-based video audio transmission system, which proved to have some challenges that we didn't foresee. Let's, <laughs> no, let's, no way. <laughs> let's put it that way. Oh, you they, mean it didn't just like, work, Grim? I mean, I mean, it did work. It it just had some Hiccups? spice to it. Yeah, a little spice. Hiccup. Yeah, yeah, a little spice. In the end, it worked out, but yeah, go ahead. Ben. No, no, I was just, I was just gonna say, like, um, you're, you're talking about the SDI versus NDI thing, and like, 
the main the main reason why it was such a big transition is because historically in most venues and most any broadcasts like live in-person offline events is you're always going to find people that are used to an SDI system, right? The standard input output right. capture system. It's an industry standard. It's been used for I don't know how many years at this point. Um, and going to somewhere unknown, which is what NDI technically is, it's not unknown, but it's it's not yeah. as known, right? It's not the standard. Um, yeah. So going yeah. to that is a very scary thing. and we wanted to really try it. We tried tried to cross our T's and dot our I's and to say that, yeah, this is definitely possible. Only real way to test it is to be there in person and do what Grim did, which is essentially build a network infrastructure that's able to handle that, right? Yeah, I, I think it brings up a funny story, actually, Mitch, of um, we won't say any name, any names, obviously, but like we were in meetings with a couple of venues yeah. uh, beforehand. And I remember the three of like me, Grim and Mitch sat in these meetings and we would explain um, uh, this, like what we were trying to, what we were attempting to try and do with the NDI stuff. Uh, and they're all decked out for SDI networks. Like all of these places have like uh, Blackmagic Gear, which is like a provider of sort of like production level technology. Um, they have all of the stuff for that. They have all of the capture. That's how they've, they're have they set up to run. And when we come in and go, yeah, we don't want to do any of that. We just want uh, the world's beefiest network, network infrastructure and dedicated networks. And they go, uh, we watched head of technologies go, uh, I don't know. <laughs> We are doing it a bit differently because we're actually not going full NDI. We're kind of in the middle because, hybrid. yeah, we're kind of in a hybrid because the caster cameras, room cameras, all, all of those are still running on SDI. So at one point you need to have this like convergence point where everything comes in. And that that is usually the production PC, yep. which thankfully we had Star for just time to provide the beefiest PC that we could get to make all of that work. Yes. And uh, it actually worked fantastically well. Yeah. It was, I was truly surprised. I was expecting a lot more. Really, really issues. good point in mentioning Starforge, by the way, because they, we, they said basically, what do you want? And we gave them a list of things and they said, okay. And they gave us everything yeah, okay. we wanted. Um, things that yeah. like server grade PCs that you can't like yeah. get necessarily. Like it's just, it's crazy what they're able to, to give us. Um, yeah, it, it was funny you say that. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, but yeah. it was for me. It was a, like a really good feel, like really weird feeling. It's like we talked to a lot of like SIs to see where we can go down which route. And with Starforge, I had this feeling that like they were trying to upsell me on the things that they're giving us. Yeah, which is an interesting feeling. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, sure, okay. Consumer what? level CPUs? No, no, you want server no, no. level CPUs. Yes, yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah. We sure. can source you some cats and SDI capture cards. Yeah, no problem. That's yeah. not something that we offer. That's we'll get the them for you, though. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you need dedicated. You need dual networks on every PC. Yeah, we're just gonna smack in the dual nick in every PC, every player PC. Yeah. Okay. You need hey, SDI easy. capture? Here, take a Decklink Duo, yeah. De Decklink Quad, and yeah. just have them. Yeah. 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 It, it was hey. honestly, honestly great. Yeah. They went um, above and beyond, and it, it was very clear that they yeah. were very excited about working with us, and, uh, and that, we, we couldn't have done it without them. It was insane. Yeah. yeah. Not to mention that they don't officially ship to EU yet. So they shipped all of this. It was 23 boxes, like 23 pallet-sized boxes. I got a picture that, for that. Hold on a second. I'll yeah. Find, I'll find one. You, you, I don't think you have a picture when they're all in one. I don't think I, that I think exists. I do. Give me a second. Let me uh, let me organize myself I here. I don't believe you. Definitely have one. It was a bit madness. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But um, but, uh, here it is. I got it. Okay, okay. 
That's that's like half of them. But there's still, I mean, yeah. there's there's rows there, but these are all PC boxes. It was great. Yeah. 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 It was great. Can you spot the server boys on the left? The beefier <laughs> boxes. Let me chunky I'll, lads. I'll find the Starforge section of this this dump drive that we have of pictures. But oh yeah. God. Oh, do we want to yeah. talk about uh, pre-visit? We want to talk about the process yeah. of actually going to the venue, right? So when you're planning an event this of this scale of this size, um, you can't just go there and show up and be like, all right, let's let's do it and press start streaming. Um, we went to erupt in when was it the beginning of October, mid October? End, end of October. End of October. End of October. Yeah, right. like we were gone for Halloween, weren't we? we were, yes, yeah, true. We were, true, true, true. They had a Halloween. Well, they had their Halloween party. Yes. Yep. So prior to the actual race starting, we went there to do our due diligence and make sure that the, everything was ready to go, and we had all the all the meetings, all the plans that we need to have, so that everything and everyone was on the same page. Um, and that's something that I think we realized this race specifically is a very crucial step in planning stuff like this: is that you need to actually scope out the space and make sure that where you're going is actually going to be suitable for the type of event you're doing. Um, and yeah, the previous it was, uh, was super, super crucial in terms of planning and getting everyone together in the same room and meeting each other and talking about the plans you guys have and stuff. Yeah. Um, Especially yeah. if you're going to a new space. That's, yeah. it's like one thing is like, you're going to see soon. We had all the floor plans and we went kind of bit mm. special. And we had renders of the room before we even got there, so we can just visualize the space. Yeah. Yeah, that was so here you floor go. plans. This is something we started very early on in the venue planning process, right? Is we opened up Figma and we said, okay, what do we need to plan here? Like, what do we need to draft? And this is, uh, this this sheet is not just this sheet, it's, it's many sheets. Um, <laughs> so what you're looking at the here is... Guys. Yeah, and it's probably important to note too here, is that we did a race at Erupt previously. Our Sanctum race was at Erupt, yep. and we were confined to this room right here. This is where the Sanctum race happened. This race, we said, we're just gonna take up the entire venue and see what we can do there. Um, but yeah. And surprisingly, we were running out of space. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so like you were saying, Grim, like we drafted all these things, we took our measurements, we did all these things in the pre-visit to just ensure that everything fits. That's like, that was the most important thing is like, we're planning an event and as a much larger scale than we've done here previously, we need to make sure that we take our measurements. We measure ceiling height. Um, what else is going to be needed to put in here? Ceiling height is an issue we'll talk about later, but <laughs> ceiling yeah. height. Yep. Yeah. So like the, the sheets here, like, I mean, yeah, there's power, there's a network plan, there's set ideas. There's like so much stuff that went into this. Like, uh, where is it here? Is it this one? There's one where we had written down all of the uh, the actual measurements it's, for everything. It's, uh, we did we did each one on the cable layout, so each of the cable oh, layouts yeah, have so, their I mean, specific lengths. Yeah, so you guys can see here, like we wrote down all of the cable lengths. Like these are these were our backup plan. So SDI was our backup plan. We said if NDI doesn't work, we need a backup plan. How long are the cables going to be needed to run to each player PC? So we made our backup plan and we routed all of our cables and we made sure that we had enough cable length to reach every player's PC. Because it's not just one, like, this is the thing, like, there's, 
several subsystems that you have to plan for right so the for example like the so all of we were not a sole unit system so what that means is that we weren't use, using the same method of capture for every every or every feed and thing that we needed yeah. so obviously we had grim's sdi network uh sorry grim's ndi network which was player capture we had all of our cameras which were an sdi so the cameras in the player space and the cameras in the casting room uh we then have audio as well so from the casters we captured like xlr audio um through mixed through desks and stuff so you have to plan for everything you have to plan for and also power you know how are you going to get all of the plug sockets that you need uh for every player into the right place to make sure that you don't overblow a circuit like and you know things like that and have a power cut because there's too many too many plugs plugged into the same place you know you have to think about all of these things um and this was the most involved the echo has been in the planning stage of that and i don't think we could have done that without grim um yeah I think me and Mitch have have a background in doing production and stuff and things like that, but we were cogs in machines that, you know, like you turn up as part of a team and somebody else's responsibility is power and uh, your responsibility is X, Y, Z. Um, and this time around, we had to be able to look at this from sort of that, like, like that macro level and go okay cool how where do we need all the power where do we need to plug all these cables in where do we need to run this this stuff we need to think about the air conditioning and how what the temperature of the building is going to be um and stuff and yeah suddenly you the need for all of these versions of these plans kind of like comes into fruition because you need to think about everything like we're going to put carpet on the floor how much carpet do we need what's the best way to lay the carpet <laughs> like what's the best way to lay the carpet yeah. uh, to, so that we 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 get the most out of this roll of carpet that we're buying oh we're going to build a stage how do we do that Yep. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good story. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to that one later. And <laughs> yeah. and the the new thing that we tried this race, right, is uh, and it's it's <laughs> this is not a hashtag ad, by the way. This is actually something we we marked off as in the pre-visit. This needs to be accomplished, uh, and that was using the Elgato microphones, right? So on our pre-visit, we brought a Wave DX with us, we brought a Wave mm -hmm. XLR with us, and we tested how and loud a and a Wave three, and we tested how loud you can be and what the distance is from each microphone. If someone's screaming three feet away, can you hear them? If they're screaming five feet away, can you hear them? And that's why these microphones are all oriented a certain way on the desks, because we realized that if you position them this way and you're sitting in this this distance away from the next microphone with these audio settings and these filters and this gate and this noise reduction filter, you actually can make this work. And that results yep. in players having better audio quality and just using insanely good quality microphones for players so that you can hear them properly on streams. And they look yeah. incredibly good, obviously. So, so in, in two days, uh, with the massive amount of help from the entirety of the Erupt team, uh, like Lucas, Vivi, and also the, the teams at MYI as well, like you know, we couldn't have done this without them. We sat and had meetings and meetings and meetings. Uh, talking about all of this stuff we also measured the entire venue with the floor plans that they had so it's like rasmus as well is sat at home at this point going like yo can you measure this wall for me <laughs> so i can understand like what how big the branding that i need to print is going to be and like how many sections does the branding need to come in oh cool where can we put some displays up where can we do this like what do we need to design what about the caster set like what happens and like everyone's like like railing us with questions of like yo can you check this yo can you check that um that's <laughs> the picture, by the to... way. That's that's literally the picture that got yeah. sent after Rasmus said that. He's like, how how big is the measure? Like, measure this for me. This is the picture we sent <laughs> yeah, him. Yeah, sure did. Mm -hmm. <laughs> sure did. So yeah, good. Like, so that was that was two days of like running around like lunatics and like got, getting off a plane, arriving at the venue. It's erupt Halloween party, and we're like, cool. I'm just gonna get a measuring tape out and measure this wall real quick while people are trying to have like an enjoyable Halloween party. <laughs> yeah.
Yeah, it was. Uh, that was a. Uh, that was. But it was. It was the best. It was one of the best decisions we've ever made. A hundred percent. Absolutely. Was doing that. Yeah. yeah. And I guess from there we kind of go on to actual when we got to the venue, and what we started cool. doing when we got to. The do venue. you want to? Do you want to talk about OBS quickly before we skip? Oh yeah, over ab- absolutely. Image? Yeah, I'd love to. I'd sure. love Rasmus to like go through this with us as well for sure. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll start on. I'll start on this one maybe as well. So just so the. Let me close this stuff. You can see the. Uh, oh blender decided that now is the time it wants to give up there you go here. so explain yes, explain that. explain the chat and us what we're looking at here so we went away and took those floor plans and all the measurements that we'd made and we made a 3d model of the the venue this was good for a couple of re- a couple of th- uh, reasons because firstly we could put the cameras where we wanted the cameras and see what the camera shots that we were going to get are going to be so grim did some like focal range math on camera lenses and things like that so we knew exactly at what height we would be at what millimeter and and things like that which is really really useful um and then obviously it meant that rasmus could do like these this is very basic original versions of the branding by the way this is like very very like first level uh, but like, what pieces do we need? How do we split this up? Where are we going to put the desks? You know, things like that. So that like, play, we're going to fit all the players in and create like the zones that they want. Um, where like, where is production going to be? My camera and my blender is stuck because I haven't opened this file up for a month and a half. So apologies for here. Uh, so like, yeah, this is this was the production room and things like that. So it's just like, where are we going? How are we going to run the cables in? How are we going to set up the caster space? We were going to brand the caster space originally, hence what this green stuff is for. Yeah, and, and then this, this, if anything, proved to us, because we obviously couldn't do this in the previous day. We didn't have all the tables, didn't have all the chairs, didn't have all the branding. But this, in our minds, was like, this is proof that these things fit. The things that we're planning on putting in this room are going to fit, because the measurements were correct. The angles looked like they were going to work. So this was like the empirical evidence that we kind of needed to say, okay, we can move forward with this yeah. plan, right? Yeah. Like, it made sense. So. Mm-hmm. Then we yeah. move to the bulk of Rasmus's, Rasmus's amazing stuff Yeah. Uh, in here. This is actually Mitch, so okay, don't oh, this show this. Right don't, this this one doesn't doesn't count. Like, oh, co- of course it does. Okay, well, anyway, let's let's talk but, about the L shape and the, the actual design language that goes into that because that's this is literally what Rasmus works on for months and months and months. Yeah, so we'll split this off to here. There you go. There she is, Rasmus. Uh, home, <laughs> home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, this is actually the first time we could have animated assets throughout the whole broadcast. Mm-hmm. And that is because we got a beefy computer from Starforge. True. Yep. Also, yep. plug. <laughs> so, if we didn't have a PC from Starforge, um, the animated assets are very CPU heavy. And with all the cameras coming in and all the scenes we have, it, it's not just going to work. Mm. So, I'm glad this time around we could do the animated assets. Yeah, 100%. And it's not very apparent to the to the viewer, right? Because right now what you're looking at is an L-shape, but there are probably like 20 or 30 layers in this specific scene mm. that go into looking at what you're looking at. Like there's layers and yeah, on, can, upon layers. Like you can show them for sure. Yeah. So, so yeah. like, for example, like this isn't just like, uh, I think like the a big thing that we did this time was like, this is all modular. So this comes out, it comes into, into pieces. So we can like take these dividers off uh, and then you actually go down to uh, L-shape base, which is L-shape leaderboards, uh, echo, echo L, L-shape base. So like, this is the very bottom of this system which is these two things which is like this sidebar and this animated asset that rasmus built mm. and then you put all of that stuff on top of it uh in terms of like you have your charity bar assets where this is all grouped up and things like that so that's just one element so we can animate it in and out um 
and like you have your leaderboard stuff in in here and stuff so you can just like get things in and out if we want to remove them for any reason and stuff you have your like strap the straps for like rotating things like that and then you can sort of like yeah slowly start turning on layers off layers and layers and yeah, get back to the puzzle nothing yeah yeah literally is a puzzle every time something yeah. that, something that nobody saw why was somebody there that nobody saw hang on oh we had this oh we yeah true yeah. <laughs> we had the and we've decided we will not do it again because it's yeah. Yeah, kind of irrelevant, True. but anyway. Yeah. yeah. But it just goes to show the amount of like intricacy that goes into building this because what you're not mm. seeing here are the sponsor straps that we end up pulling up and the prime banners that we've so-called prime banners that we integrate mm. into the stream. And we want those to be integrated seamlessly. We want them to sort of slide behind the assets so it looks like they're built into the, to the, to the broadcast. And we're very, um, we're very uh, like emotionally invested in making sure it's probably not the right term but we're probably we're we're very serious and and strict about how our design looks on the broadcast we want things to work seamlessly we want things to look like they've been made for a specific purpose and you're not just slapping our uh, an advertising banner on top of something we want it to be all encompassing one one show one one design and that's mm -hmm. sort of what yeah a good way to think about it is it's a to show my age uh like shadow box art um where you see layers and layers and it adds depth and de depth and depth mm. and things like that so like we have that thing where you're looking at this piece of this piece from like the the front the very front of it and then as we step back in layers in terms of like where things slide and where things go yeah um and like i i don't want to talk about it for just a second rasmus because like i, I think it's a thing that like you took these like four elemental sort of like elements that were throughout the raid and like you did them so like on the l shape for example like there's the fire and sort of like the ice and electricity uh, like, uh, the electricity here mm -hmm. uh, and then when we went to the like the couch and the analyst desks you know you have like that earth and then this brother the, like the i think this is the lightning energy is the yeah. purple one yeah yeah under it. storm or something yeah and then we changed the the charity bars as well and the leaderboards and things like that and it's these little contextual details that people don't think about but you do that mean that it, everything feels cohesive and sort of like yeah. this as a singular thing mm. and it's this really actually, really great this actually brings so much ptsd for me like back <laughs> Because when I saw the amount of animated stuff you wanted, I was like, "How oh, please, God, no! Yeah, well, what could, <laughs> that's, it's gonna go really Lynch. badly." That's exactly. That's basically. I, I was honestly, I was expecting OBS to have a stroke. Honestly, this ain't our first radio, Grim. We've seen we've seen the OBS choke and crash before. We know how to do things now. I think. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, except for I, dancing I can tell you, if you had, if you, if we had like anything less than what we had this would not go well. no i can yeah because what, what was even the production cpu it was like it's 1200 kf yeah yeah this oh is, god yeah. this, this one case, so this is a lesson learned chat okay we like memeing during breaks right you guys know the touchdown stuff you guys know the sussy jailer so we like mm -hmm. doing that stuff and we're jamming with you when it's happening right but things like this we have learned a very serious lesson you, need, you cannot render them at full HD because you will yeah. you will you will crash any OBS on any PC. It doesn't matter how strong it is. It's just yeah. not made for this. So, so yeah, yeah. I have a reasonably good CPU. To... Uh, this is uh, I'm not streaming right now. Open up your CPU anything. usage. Yeah, I'm Let's at 56 points. 60. Oh, hang on, George. Do you like full task? Your camera is dying. Yeah, your PC oh, is oh, actually oh, sitting yeah. itself right oh, now. Yeah, yeah. yeah a, okay. I've turned them off. I'm turning yeah, them okay, off. Okay, good. Right? Like yeah. the, they're dead. All right, but we learned a lesson. Yeah. We learned a lesson like, really quickly. No, honestly, like if we had anything else, 
than like the insane production PC that was like 12900 KF with 64 yeah. gigs of RAM at 3090 in it from Starforge. Yeah. It would have been a it didn't even it didn't show. even it didn't even hiccup once and we were push, yeah, was, we were pushing its limits honestly. I was really scared of that because we did something similar last time and it ended in tears. So we're not doing that. I was scared. Yeah. We but did have backups though. Was like, the statics. Yeah. So. Yeah. Mitch was there coughing and said, ah, just send it, see what happens, you know? Yep. yep. Mm. We're gonna find out later, yeah? Yeah. And we, thankfully, we didn't find out. It nope. was fine. Big shout out to that for Yeah. Got this. Nice. Tanky PCs. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so that's OBS stuff. What did we want to jump to next? Do we want to talk about like in showcase arriving? arriving? Yeah. I've got, I've got a yeah. lot of, uh, I've got a lot of pictures and a lot of little video clips to go through here. So yeah. Arriving. I hope that's filtered. So yeah, yeah. Oh, while you're bringing this up, so like, yeah. this is all like this lead up and things like that. And in this, in that time, we're making like Rasmus is making all of the stuff that you saw on OBS, pretty much. But most things that went into OBS that weren't a video, that's Rasmus. So that's 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 Rasmus doing all of that sort of stuff. Um, anything that has to do with video, like, um, like that's that's mostly Mitch. I make sure everything gets in on time and liaise with sponsors and stuff, and make sure that we're doing other bits and pieces uh, and keep keep the ship floating, and then try and jump in and support them while Grim's doing all of this like power management stuff. And then on the fourth of December, um, like ten days before, like everything starts, Mitch, me, Grim, Jasmine get on a plane to Switzerland. Uh, hoping that we're going to be able to start getting stuff set up is the the scene setting for this section. I yep. think. Here's you the uh, here's the plane picture, the only one. People arrive. People the arrive. People this arrive. is the people arrive. Yeah. This is definitely people arrive. Yeah. And so, I mean, when we arrived, it's uh, it's always the calm before the storm, right? Because when you get there, you're like, oh, it's it's race season. You know, every we're all in good spirits. We're all like smiling. We're all having fun. Mm. And uh, so hard for this. Yeah, it's it's everything. It's all the it's the culmination of all of our work that has sort of led up until this moment, and now it's real. Now you're there, and now the only thing stopping you from actually doing it is like getting it done and building the stuff. Um, Just do it. Yeah, and and it was and this race specifically was quite uh, strenuous purely because of the sort of situation we had with the venue, and it's no one's fault. It's just the situation that what it was. We had essentially two rooms to prepare our stuff before the race kicked off. Yeah. Uh, I can. Oh, you have. Can you have you got Figma still, real quick, Mitch? I do have you Figma. Can show the I two do rooms have Figma. Yeah, yeah. In. So, yeah. like we were explaining before, the first race we did in Sanctum was limited to this room right here, where there was eight players and production was in this room here. This race, we had the entire venue, right? But erupt. Uh, was still open when we arrived. So we couldn't use the entire venue because they were still an operational um, operational venue, like they were doing their own thing, obviously. So what we had to do was confine ourselves to these two rooms and test and build all the things we needed to do before we could actually open up the rest of the venue for our use, basically. Um, and what that involved was setting up PCs, building chairs, uh, building some desks, and testing the PCs, flashing them, installing all the the hardware, installing all the software and the programs and the add-ons that players use. That was all done in these two rooms here. So you can imagine how uh, space limiting that was. It was we had, uh, two, we had two hard deadlines, right? So the first one was PC player PC access remote, yeah, um, which is where oh. the players got to access the computers remotely and install all of their UIs and check and get everything set up so that when they turned up, they don't have to do everything from scratch. And then the second deadline was player arrival. Um, Here's what that looked like. Oh, 
god. I'm gonna I'm gonna show some very scary pictures. I hope you are all ready for it, okay? Yeah. Uh so this room contains all of the chairs that a Ropt has. Uh so all of their chairs, all like and all that sort of stuff. As well as behind you, what you can't see is 20 plus secret lab chairs in boxes. And now if anybody's ordered a secret lab chair, you know, like the boxes and the packaging that comes in it, you've got all of that. This is the amount of secret lab chairs that you these something things. So you've got to build all of this. Then you the amount of garbage turn left generate or turn left. We're, turning, we're turning more left. Yeah. Yep. Mm. Yep. But it's just so you're on top of each other constantly because both rooms are full of stuff, as well as all the production equipment, all of the trussing, uh, all of the cameras, like everything's in these two rooms, yes. and you're trying to set up uh, well, all of this stuff, and it was terrifying. It was and a like, it was a, a three day long game of Tetris, basically, mm -hmm. right? That's what it, we were we were we were playing Tetris here, is uh, just us moving things around, taking things in, taking things in, taking them out, reorganizing mm -hmm. things, placing things in different places. I mean, like it just it was endless. Yeah, slide this panel out here so that we can insert this panel in here. Yeah, yeah. So it was, uh, it was definitely, uh, it was interesting, and it was no one's like I said before, it's no one's fault. Like, erupt is still operational, so we had we had these two rooms to make it work, and we made it work. But it just it was, it was messy. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't as uh, clean as most people would like it to be. But hey, we did what we had to do. Yeah, these are the things you don't see. Yeah, right. Exactly. See all the things nice, and then the background. It's like box on top of box fire here uh, yep, fire yep. there but in the end it all works out yeah of course it's time constraints are a thing that kills you always in the end mm -hmm. the thing that we learned this time around if we could arrive like two weeks before we would but that's usually not viable from like logistics standpoint yeah, yeah. so you either get more people you get better organized or you just don't sleep you know we chose option three. We, cho we, cho we chose the no sleep option. Yeah. So uh, I have a very good video of this. It's a very quick time lapse. Um, there was one evening, the fateful evening of the 10th, or was it the 9th? I don't remember. My memory is very blurry. 9th to the 10th. 9th to yeah, the 10th. Yeah, we can't call it what we called it on the calendar. No. Um, but <laughs> what there was it? Death confirmed. Yeah. I think that's oh, what yeah, we called it. Okay. So I took a very simple time lapse video. <laughs> I will share. So here is um, my phone resting on a nightstand or a wall unit, okay. unit, whatever. Set, set drawers. Set of yeah, drawers. Yeah. This is um, how the venue looked outside of those two rooms uh, the night of the ninth. So this is probably around 12 a.m. And this is a very quick time lapse of what we accomplished. And I don't know, this, this, this time is, lapse is like four hours. Interesting thing. This is actually, yeah, but this is also like, this is like an hour in when you started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've, we've already done some stuff. A lot of things missing. We've already already moved yeah. all of the, so like they had all of the, the tables, there was a lot of tables in the space in front mm. of where the camera is. That yeah. was where people were sitting, like enjoying a, enjoying their evening interrupt previously. The second they left, we started moving things. Yeah. The, the <laughs> second. second. The, so, the so, last person left. Yeah. So for context, right, <laughs> this is the night where we were finally able to use the entire venue where we said, okay, now the venue's ours. We're able to use the entire space. So everything is still in those two rooms you guys just saw, but now we're able to use the rest. So this is a very, this is not all encompassing, but this is just a very quick time lapse of what we actually accomplished. And this is probably like four hours before my phone died. Mm -hmm. So disassembling the entire venue, uh, taking down the branding, installing new branding, the skeletons, putting up the branding, moving all the stuff out of the room. Um, this is like, I don't know, maybe 20% of the actual process that went into changing the venue into something usable. Yeah.
Yeah, that was the final result of the branding. And then we had the carpet laying on the floor there that needed to be rolled. All the stuff on the right-hand side, we needed to be moved out, put into a truck, right out of the venue. Um, yeah, I mean, yes. it was... Uh, Everything then, that was in that venue that you didn't see at, at any point left that venue. Yeah, we carried it to a truck. Somebody drove it to a where to, to to a warehouse. They put it in that warehouse, and then they drove back and with more stuff that we needed, and then we put more stuff in that truck. And we did that like six times. Yeah, eight Here's actually. After the I carpet was installed. Yeah, yeah. So again, very early stages. The truss and the curtains weren't put up. The carpet had just been rolled out. There was no branding on the on the uh, on the player desks. All the PCs were put onto the player tables. We were just finishing monitors. You can see Grim right there carrying the last two monitors. Yeah, this is a uh, this is a good moment actually uh, because that truss is not the truss <laughs> that anybody saw <laughs> during the ring. Can I can I play the video? Yeah, I'll mute the, I'll, I'll mute the music so that people can hear the the banger track that's playing in the background. Mm -hmm. Hold on a second. It's really good. Uh, open with volume. Are you pissed? Huh? Are you pissed? Yeah. <laughs> so good, dude. Oh so, man. So we we measured this. I measured this. Grim measured this. Mitch measured this. Um, everyone measured this. Everyone. Everyone, everyone measured, measured this. this, Sam. Yeah. Yeah, everybody mentioned I'm this. Innocent. We ordered, we ordered two and a half. Yeah, you're, you know what? You are 100 yeah, percent true. true, 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 true. We ordered two and a half meters of truss, uh, which is like two. So truss is really important on a production scale because it's like one. It was a way for us to like separate the space, so that like we could put up sound, some sort of like basic sound insulation between like people having some lunch in the background in yep. the venue and the players playing, as well as it was a place that we could mount all of our cameras and all of our lighting to. So we ordered this truss to be high so that we could get all of these nice camera angles uh, and we measured it all and it was going to fit. The only thing we didn't account for was the base plates that the truss sit on, essentially. And all of those vent the vents that you could see uh, in the previous photo, Mitch, like the like the, the air vents. Yeah, let me, I'm trying to find a picture of it. Yeah. Let me find a picture. Uh, essentially, <laughs> essentially, we were about two centimeters, I think, Grim like too tall that we were going to hit that and the yeah. here's, here's a great one right here you kind of see yeah. where the clearance is yeah yeah here. so this is with the new truss yeah. so yeah like we were two centimeters too tall with the base plates installed yeah uh so we had a very like you know that night was planned out in terms of like exactly what we were doing and when we were doing it uh and one of the most important things to get done was build this truss so that we can get all the cameras and cabling done on it so that like we can get get it out of the way and get the like all of this molten sort of like put up around for the to separate the spaces uh about 4 a.m uh we find out that the truss doesn't fit um so andy one of the guys from myi goes uh ah man it's not going uh i can phone a guy uh, from, for, I can find a guy that go, got this and see if I can get like a, some shorter pieces, but he won't be awake for like another hour and a half. And then like, but also I'm moving house today. Um, so I'm going to have to like go and start doing that <laughs> and then come back <laughs> and with, with this trust. Yeah. And, uh, it was just, that was real bad. Yeah, <laughs> so it was a very bad. big wrench in our plans for sure. Yeah. Real bad yeah. couple of hours. <laughs> It is what it is, man. Sometimes you just, uh, it was a miscalculation, but hey, when there's a million things going on, you're not gonna think of everything, right? And that was just a hard lesson to learn at the time. Yeah. Yeah. There are a couple of things that we like 
I think we completely miscalculated the amount of time it will take. And mm -hmm. it's stupid stuff. It's yeah. absolutely stupid stuff. Yeah. How long it takes to unpack 28 money. Yeah. Let me tell uh, you how long. Yeah, trust me, after doing how that, you, you never want to unbox your own monitor ever again. It takes all of the fun and enjoyment out of buying a monitor. Out of everything. Yeah, you just never want to do it again. Monitor. Buying any technology, I think buying any yeah. any new piece of technology now, like I have like I like Elgato, God bless them, sent me this brand new Elgato face cam for like for the for the show and things like that. And I looked at it and usually you'd like something like this would arrive and there'd be a moment of excitement. And you'd go, Oh my god, I can't wait to like open my new thing and now it's just like no, I can't face it anymore. I've unboxed forty five of them. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 I don't know. For me, I ordered myself like a wireless charging pad. Right, and it came into a box. I was like, "I'm gonna leave. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> this won't use it. We'll it's fine. Later. It yeah, it's, yeah. it's fine." Kylo in chat time. says, "Like putting the player branding up. Oh, we'll be done in an hour. Then suddenly it's 3 a.m. Yeah, you guys were champions yeah. that night. Yeah, That's Rasmus real. and yeah, it's so, horrible. Yeah. So Rasmus got to look up close. Like Rasmus, do you want to talk about the branding at all as well? Because like we were all terrified of the of the branding stuff this time around. I know you were especially. And yeah. Mm. Like you had to do some stuff there. Yeah, <laughs> it's actually horrifying when you don't know how the branding will look on a camera. Mm -hmm. It's actually terrifying, but we managed to do it pretty well uh, because the main thing is the sponsors being visible on every stream. Yeah, mm. that's the core point of Trying the branding. Trying to find a good picture of it. Yeah, so when we're talking about branding, by the way, we're talking about it on the player desks, right? Like the ones also behind us on the curtains, of course. Um, here, this is a decent one. So the branding you see behind the player desks, right, where it says Race World First, and you have all the sponsor logos. There's also the the, um, the branding like behind the tables where players are sitting, so you don't see their feet, right? Like all of these sizes need to be taken into account too. And like Rasmus is saying, like you don't know what it's going to look like on camera until it's actually placed there, and the lighting's there, and all these different components get, get actually built. So, yeah, that was fun. You did a really good job there, Rasmus. Yeah, yeah Rasmus, Sick. they look they looked they looked fantastic. Honestly. It was fun until you had to put them up. Yeah, putting them up wasn't fun. Yeah. The sizing no. at least was spot on. I, I'm going to say it, okay? I, I'm saying it. I'm going to expose people just a okay. tiny little bit, yeah? Okay. Oh, There's no. things that went wrong nobody noticed. <laughs> right? Okay. It, it's exactly like, for example, branding, right? No. There was <laughs> like one panel that had a misaligned cut. And we were panicking oh, yeah, for, true. for like 15 minutes. True. Yeah. Yeah. Really? In the end, yes. But you didn't even notice. That's the no. funny part. We didn't tell you. But it oh. had one broken cut in it. It was like, uh, it's because we changed the layout at last minute. You know, so it was like on a different panel. So it was like a hard cut. Nobody noticed. Yeah, it ended up working out, I think. Yeah. yeah no one noticed. Then. Interesting. It is what it is. I'm trying to see if I have a picture of it, actually. No, you don't. No, don't no, but I, ha I have one, one that you can kind of get an idea. So like, here's what you're talking about, right? Like the misalignment is like this panel and this yeah, panel yeah. would be slightly shifted. Yeah. So you couldn't yes. really see it. It yeah. was like a wing uh, of a drag on Razagath yeah, or something. Yeah, with a wing didn't line up or something. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I see. You also, like this image, yeah? Like you think you're almost done. You're not it's even not close. Not even close. This is the old trust. This is the old trust. This is like this is this is like 4 a.m. This is like 4 a.m. So we start like... This was closer to 6, I think. I'm checking, I'm checking the metadata of the image right now. Yeah, okay. I think this was closer to six, and this is before any power, any cables actually got run, like network or three, SDI. Three twenty-four a.m. Three twenty-four. That early. Oh, yes. Wow. Remember. Okay. 
Yeah, I was gonna say because yeah. we because that's when we were trying to just see if we could do the trust in two sections because we tried to mm -hmm. see if we could do like one piece there and then another piece there and like along the other side further back and I remember that because it was the full hopium tank of like we could make this stuff work. Yeah. <laughs> like, we can make or the carp. Oh, I want you guys. To, I, I want you guys to talk about the stage so badly. I want you guys to talk about oh, the stage God. so badly. Oh man. People are gonna be like, "Wow, this is some jank shit." I don't know how you guys pulled that off, but anyway, let's talk you know about what? it. It's fine. We're it's fine. It. We're, we're yeah, let's just say it. it. Okay. Okay. Yeah, find the it. original one. Find the stage, stage one. Stage one. Find the stage one. Yeah. Boss ah, one. There there it is. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. So, Grim, explain uh, so to everyone what this is. Okay. <laughs> Tell them okay, what so what what are these. This is this is kind of like how the whole stage situation. Yeah. Basically, we we said like, ah, let's do this proper. We're gonna get like like proper stage up. You know, like 15 centimeter tall stage element, everything's gonna be. We got the quote for it. We got the slight shock. We decided not to. Right? And that, like, how do you build a stage quickly that is going to be, like, relatively fine? Well, Euro pallets. Okay, so that Euro pallets are do. the wood pallets you stack boxes on to transport them from a truck yes, to yeah. a shipping facility, right? We're all on the same page. Mm -hmm. We are talking about wood, wood pallets. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. Good. All right. Yes. What's next? So. Now, the, the thing is, right, first, you, they, they are fixed sides, right? You can't really cut them because they lose all the structural, structural integrity. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah it's, it's over, <laughs> right? So basically, we need to figure out a way. What would be the best way to position them to put them there? Here are your right? options, sir. <laughs> here are your options, right? The Tetris block started already here. Yep. Yep. Right? Yep. So then we decide on some layout. I think it was the four by two or three by four. What was it? I think it was yeah, I think it was the, I think it was this one. Oh yeah, it was. I remember because of the ratchet. Yeah, okay. <laughs> the yeah. ratchet straps. We're gonna get there. We're gonna get there. All right. Okay, so we we landed on this design, okay? This is the one we landed on. Yeah. So we had to put that in this area. Obviously that stage didn't end up looking like this, right? It looked like yes. looked like this. Mm -hmm. Yes. I don't know if so I have a picture of it, but I'll look. No, no we, we nobody we wanted to take any pictures of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That point. I think so. Basically, the first we just positioned the pallets on top of them. They have like a piece of plywood, like MDF on top of them, and everything is fine. But now you just stand on it, and you just stand on it, and you can feel the whole thing moving a mm -hmm. bit because mm -hmm. yep. obviously nothing is holding it together. So the step one was to take the MDF off and cross screw it, right? So you connect them all together, right? And we thought, like, hmm, that might be a good idea, but how do you actually squeeze them all together? Well, oh, no. Just Gene, wait hold on. Just wait I have chat. an idea. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, hold on. I have so, an idea. Hold on. Where, where, did the, where did this infamous solution come from, Grim? Like, where did, where, like, I don't know. Where did we get those, those straps? Uh, I know where you did that, that brings to the yeah. last day where you hallucinated. Yeah, okay. Well, let's talk about where <laughs> we found them first, not where I thought we placed them, but anyway. Well, they were on the floor, yeah? Yeah. There were some ratchet straps on the floor that we decided to use. Hold on. Trying to find the picture where you can actually oh, see them. no. Yep, it's on the one in the storage room when they're on the truss, where they were supposed to be. You there see they these, are. You see these right here? You <laughs> see these these beautiful <laughs> straps that got were, weren't being used because we already mounted the truss, right? There are uh -huh. yeah. straps right there. Oh, there's there. a Euro pallet. There, there, is. there, there you go. <laughs> yeah, right here. Look. There's the, the stage. stage. So there's wait, the stage. So wait a second. These ratchet straps aren't being used. Why don't we secure the stage with those, Grim? 4 a.m. Grim goes, well. great idea. <laughs> <laughs> glorious idea all i can tell you out of that experience is that for the next two days i was taking out wood chips out of my hand yeah. i had splinters for two days in my hand just, just wait in chat did not move just yeah. wait in chat just wait did you notice 
any structural integrity issues with the stage. No, we you didn't. Were, of course we didn't, because we built it like absolute chads. It was, then, it was good. Do you remember the no, moment? That was the we building moving, moving just wait. Yeah, the what building was, was moving. Was the building move. <laughs> the <laughs> whole building was moving. That's different. Yeah. 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 But uh, the, the glorious moment, right, where we had that bit of spare carpet and we were like, I'll just roll, like, let's not cut a piece of carpet. It's with, it's too late for that. We're not doing that. Let's just, like, roll the whole piece of carpet over the top of this whole thing. Mm -hmm. And we tucked that front side and went, oh, that looks like something. <laughs> oh, that, oh. It looks good. It looks, oh, that looks good. There's a, there's a picture I sent in at someone's DM. Does anyone remember? I sent a picture of just the bare bone stage, how it looked without any table on it or anything. It looked so oh. good. I sent it to somebody. I just don't remember yeah. who I sent it to. Yeah, I don't really remember. I'll, I'll like, look for a way guys like, talk. I mean, to be honest, I'm not completely sure if we were like completely sleep deprived at that point, or did it actually look good? I think it, yes. I think so, we were. I think both things are true. I think it looked good and we were sleep deprived. Yeah, could be, could be. But yeah, that was definitely something. Yeah. Oh, it looks fine. Looks great, and it worked. Pretty, yeah, totally safe. No, no hazards at all. It was fine. Okay, Stripe and just wait, but very safe. Yeah. Yeah, and, and just so it said that the stage moved when they were jumping on top of Okay, man, I mean... Okay, okay. We never we'll said jump. it was safe for jumping, yeah. right? It's not yeah, a bouncy, it's not a bouncy house, Matthias, okay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so uh, infamous stage worked out quite well. So... You don't, find the, you don't have the image. I'm looking for it right now. You guys uh, continue mm. on without me. I will find it. So while... So, so Mitch and Grim are building a stage. In that process, we have some of the guys from Erupt building desk after desk after desk. Um, and we are generating what can only be described as the world's most monstrous pile of garbage. Um, so, so we, like, each, so each, we, Secret Lab, like, we love them because they ship us all of the, like, chairs and desks and things like that, but they ship, ship them like you would buy them. So we have, like, all of the protective stuff and things like that. So, like, we, we generated, like, eight dumpsters full of like cardboard and foam and all that sort of stuff like that and you can't move in the venue because there's foam and somebody looks at a watch and goes oh the first players are arriving in like an hour and a half <laughs> except they can't enter the venue yeah because you can't get in the door yeah i don't know those chairs and desks. i'm 90 percent sure i could build either of those blindfolded at this point yeah 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 Big credit to uh, big big credit to by the way to how they actually ship the things right like we didn't say this but we used secret lab boxes on in the desk in the in the stage construction as padding mm -hmm. because the boxes oh, and, true, and all did, of yeah. and all of the packaging for both Starforge and secret lab stuff was so like intense like there was so much packaging that we ended up having to use it for things because it was just too much trash. Yep. Yep. The analyst desk as well. Yep. 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 That was a construction plan. Yep. <laughs> I can't oh, find the picture. That's a nightmare. Uh, it's lost. Analyst desk. So it was nightmare. From your perspective, so like that was the day that you turned up as well, Rasmus, wasn't it? Like the day that everything had started getting like there was the day of that of everything being built. I think like you turned up on that day, same day as the players, because you traveled with somebody, didn't you? Yes, correct. Yeah, all so, you, all of you guys were sleep deprived. <laughs> what was that like? <laughs> I, I could into I the venue? talk to you guys. There was no way. Yeah, what was it? That, seriously, that's a, that's a good question, Sam. What was it like for you, Rasmus, like when you came to the venue and everything was already like sort of in the process of being built? 
there was so much still to be done yep. and we had like a few days just yep. before we're going live mm -hmm. yeah it's that <clears throat> it's that initial like feeling where you're like panicking but you also know that you're so close to everything being done mm. yeah like there was an image that you showed i think it's the one where i'm carrying the monitors yeah we actually <laughs> see the bane of my existence where I spent the following two oh, days. I've got a, I've got some oh. nice pictures of you, Grim. If you want to see Bane of your existence, that shall was... we show? Shall we show the hole? Yes, it's time. The hole. Here's the hole. Oh, yeah. So this oh. is behind the stage. Yeah. Right. So basically, all the networking, which is like dual lines per PC, were going back there. There's two big chunky switches there on the ground. And everything went back there. Well, <laughs> this was interesting for multiple reasons. The first reason is like, I decided to do it properly. Thank God for that. Uh, and first step of doing this is actually labeling all the cable on both ends. Yep. That took probably like two hours. <laughs> yeah. What a show. This is you unplugging the NDI network and seeing the rea reactions on players in case their internet crashed. Everything's fine. No one's complaining. <laughs> no one's complaining. All right, we move on. Okay. <laughs> yeah, this was like this was like day two of troubleshooting, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, basically, we had some like ingestions. Oh yeah, this is that's su yeah. that's success. That's nothing. That's everything success. is everything's stable. No packet loss. Yeah. We're good. Yeah. We're good. You actually sent but me a that, picture. Yeah. Oh, that was actually that picture was from that one day where an enterprise grade port decided to die. That was oh yeah, that was Sierra calling me at 5 a.m. in the internet died. And I'm like, what are you saying to me? <laughs> Wasn't that when we were live? Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But it was yeah. like 5 a.m. or something, right? And I was yeah. like, what are you even saying to me? Like that's not it's like okay sure maybe okay i'm gonna just zombie mode go to the venue i go there and i do this i pick one port put it into another port works in the end even with enterprise grade equipment ports die so what were the chances of the port dying again i mean in like 10 years me doing this on a pretty big scale i saw it one other time mm -hmm. so it is what it is but oh, in general the network infrastructure held up pretty well yeah yeah uh, more or less until the casters arrived and started downloading their weeb games and killed <laughs> the internet in the whole place uh, it's oh, unbelievable man. i found i found the, i found the picture by the way i have it oh. did you yeah Send i have it, it. hold on With a second Just download yeah and chat like you will if we didn't explain the story before this like you probably would have thought like wow that looks really nice and it it was mm -hmm. it is really nice here it is that's the stage yeah yeah look at look it how, look how great it looks it's yeah it looks like it's professionally Beautiful. built it's, yeah. go it's good you would never know there's your euro euro ballots and ratchet straps and secret look there's a secret lab box right here you could see it yeah yeah. Oh my god. It was that moment when we tucked that under section. Yeah, in and we're like, yeah. wow, it looks so good. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Literally, I mean, literally just wait. Sweep it under the carpet is the correct terminology. <laughs> Listen, we were not hired as professional stage builders, okay? We did what we we did what we could. And it worked. So
like yeah, i mean so i think this is a good point uh, like to sort of like highlight maybe highlight our point um on the ndi sdi stuff mm. um so um we talked a little bit about what it is but i'd like to specifically talk about like why we made this decision so like the sdi capture system um like one of the big things that's important to us as a production team is um that what we do impacts players as little as possible um has to. so yeah it has to like we we can't make anything they, they've got to sit at that pc and it's got to be as comfortable as possible so that they can play without it being a debuff to be at the venue um and the sdi capture system that we've always done previously how that works is that you essentially plug in a third virtual monitor um where we plug a hdmi cable into uh into an sdi capture get it from the pc and then during obs you if you if you're anybody's in obs you can right click like the pre the preview and clue project a full screen view and you do that onto the third monitor um and that's how we captured for the last two races uh the problem with that is that you know if you're playing if you have two 144 hertz monitors like that third monitor only runs at 60 hertz and it's also just intensive on on a player pc and grim if you want to give any more detail on that but it it makes playing worse it lowers your frame rate yeah, it's, it's using up cpu it's not even yeah it's not even frame rate it's so weird uh i this this is the only thing that i ever experienced with wow for some reason wow needs to be a special snowflake because why not my life harder thank you uh so when you just duplicate like when you do full screen projector on a monitor right for some reason you feel that you're lagging even though like if you look at the frame times and fps you're completely fine but it feels bad yep i don't know why it just is like that and it's only a case for wow i tried it in cs for example works fine i yeah. it's, yeah, it's, it's weird because it's, 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 it's very it's very it's very hard to explain but every player was say, telling us the same thing for the last two events like that it, it just feels a little off and you get over it but it you know the idea is that we we do that so the ndi system basically removed that that from the players essentially if, if yes. it, it in a perfect vacuum if it works exactly as it's supposed to work like that removes that and it also lets us uh, on the production side have a lot more freedom in like what we can capture because in a perfect world what we wanted to do was not just capture like gameplay we also wanted to capture everybody's webcams as well like, like separately so that we could pull Indep yeah, separately. independently yeah yeah so that we could pull up like so like in the l shape you could have had you know uh like the the caster camera the a player POV with a camera plus Scribe cam at the same time, and mm -hmm. or you know, or any combination of that, or we could have brought up like a monitor, like a big sort of like multi-view of all of the webcams. Um, and this is where we started, like that night and the days before, was where we started running into our first sort of like issues of oh, that yeah. might not be exactly how this is going to work. And the, and by the way, the, the reason behind this sort of like the inspiration behind the idea of what we want to capture, right? If you look at any other uh, esport, when you take FPS games, for instance, you look at a Valorant championship, the setup that they have is very simple. And it's because there are tools in place that allow them to do what they can do. You can capture webcams independently because they're using SDI captured webcams. And they have in game, you have a mode where you're able to go and actually look at player POVs from one source, right? And the difference, the, the biggest difference between World of Warcraft and every other game is that there is no spectator mode. There is no um, 
camera free kind of like camera unlock where you can go and let's say it's sam sam can just log into this account and go and look at zalia's pov or go and look at roger's pov and he can we can just capture that one pc we have to no we have to do it 15 times and that's the biggest uh bottleneck for us when it comes to a production event or just capturing povs in general is that we can't do it the way that we want to do it and it just adds and compounds such a high level of uh entry when it comes to like what equipment you're using what kind of capture method you're using it's yeah. uh yeah it's it's tough it's really tough we it's a thing right like like it's a it's a difficult conversation because like we'd love it we'd love it in wow it would make our production workflow like so much easier mm -hmm. um but there's also like the the little bit of talk about like what you'd lose as well because you're like people like watching people's uis and people who are used to them and stuff and like we'd have to like build our own ui for that sort of system and things like that uh but yeah, I mean, like, like possibilities are so endless, man. Like we've, yeah. we've, we've sat all of us in a room in a Discord channel together and we've talked about this for hours and hours and hours. Like the, yeah. the possibilities are so endless when it comes to what you could do, what you can customize if we had that option. Um, it's just, it's a matter of maybe if or when it's possible. It'd be, it, would, yeah. it would be incredible, honestly. Yeah, the, we also have like some technical requirements that I'm fairly sure nobody else in the world does. Mm because wow guild mm -hmm. and that then it, it favors more to the ndi setup yes like a lot because the routing becomes easier yeah but there's making it work as you want it to work and have enough processing to actually do it is a monkaya's situation thankfully we didn't run into any processing issues Thank you, Starforge, for huge <laughs> yeah. Threadrippers. Thank you, Starforge. Yes. Uh, thank you, Starforge, for huge Threadrippers. But we inter we came into some problems with like the actual um, Nyx being uh, scared. Let's I don't know. What, I don't even go. know what the term is. Yeah, they just they didn't want to come out of their hidey hole yeah. or something. Yeah, like after some time, after like I don't know, like three million packets per second, they decide to say that I don't know what I'm doing anymore. I'm gonna die. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but yeah it, we can go into like those technical specs and why our system is so uh heavily complex to mm -hmm. deal with mm. why don't we do this why don't we go to a little five minute break let's go for some some water and some bathroom breaks yeah. we'll come back and we'll uh we'll have a discussion about something else that sound good yeah that sounds fun good. okay chat i will uh throw us to a five minute break we will be back shortly stay tuned hello everyone we are back uh, this is the third episode of the Echo Chamber podcast, powered by Elgato Wave and their amazing microphones. Uh, just took a little bit of shit, a little bit of a break, but I think Grim um, is going to talk a little bit about the technical specs of the PCs that were graciously provided by Starforge this uh, this race to world first. Grim, what have you got for us, sir? Oh, yeah. Well, let's let's start with the easy mm. easy things. It's the player PC, right? Yep. So the player PCs in them actually had, so a bit of background. WoW is a 14 year old game, 15, uh, insert Ancient. large amount. A magical here. elf game, very old, yes. Yeah. Magical yes. elf, yes, pretty good. And it's an interesting game that like, you can have the biggest CPU in the world, but in the end, only thing that matters is single core performance. True. Nothing else really matters. Like as long as you have more than four cores and you have a like a GPU from 2018, you're fine. You don't just get the biggest CPU you can find. 
So the Starforge graciously provided us with 12700Ks, uh, which is a beast of a single core uh, CPU. And the GPU was 3070Ti's in them, correct? Yep. Do I remember yep. that correctly? Yep. Yes. Uh, 32 gigs. Oh, yeah, that's an interesting story from last time. Uh, people think that WoW doesn't use that much memory, right? But that is in general true for most users. But these players that we have do this thing called multibox. So all of a sudden, they decide that it's a great idea to run three or four instances of WoW at the same time. Well, 16 gigs of RAM doesn't work anymore because, yeah. I think that was exacerbated yeah, this doesn't. expansion, right? With the rares and stuff, like yeah. seeing them open up it like- It was the same. Really? It was, it was bad last time, but this time it was, if we stayed with 60 gigs of RAM, it, it No, no, it I'm saying the amount of multi-boxing this time around though seemed yeah. a lot worse than it had ever been. They were triple boxing to us though last time. Like, yeah, the, mm -hmm. the only thing that was worse, I think, is the start of uh, Shadowland. Like the Castle Nathria tree and the leveling through the Maw. Mm. I think that was the only thing that was actually worse than this time regarding like multibox. But thankfully, this PCs actually performed above my expectations and it was actually great. But now let's go to the interesting stuff because player PCs are boring. Okay? <laughs> PC. Okay? So... Let me give you like a small rundown of why you would need server grade tech. So, how many servers did we need first of all? How many servers more, did we end up having? Yeah. No, no, no. But how many did we end up having? How many did Starforge provide <laughs> we, us with? We actually ended up with uh, three servers in total. Yep. There was two 32 core Threadrippers and one 16 core Threadripper. Mm -hmm. um, why we need those? Well, because we're doing. NDI transmission, we're not doing SDI, you basically don't want your production PC that does the final mixing to ingest all of those streams because it just doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Like You just can't do it. Yeah. So basically how that system was working is you had uh, every, player, uh, every player transmitting a feed to one of the servers and then the production PC was getting the output of that and doing the switching. Right? That's one server that was doing quite a bit of work. That Chunky if somebody boy. from Starforge Yeah, if somebody from Starforge ever looks at the CPU logs, <laughs> that's gonna be 80% utilization for 24 hours a day for 14 days in total-ish. Yeah, that was spicy. Uh the second server was actually being used. Well, th this is now specifically Echo thing. Because we're not only, the players are not only streaming to Twitch, we also need to stream to some external partners, and we need to stream to our internal tools for review purposes, competitive advantage, can't, can't go much too much about, too, too in-depth about it. Uh, we needed to encode all of those streams and send it to our remote server. Well, now you can imagine, I don't know if you ever tried to stream like two different streams from one PC, it's it's chaos it's really hard to do now try to do 11. well starforge thank you <laughs> that's shameless otherwise yeah that that was uh running 11 encodes on one server was uh spicy and let's put it that way 
And the third one, the third server that we used, was actually used for the... Well, it, that was a bit of a technical problem. We're still not completely sure what was causing it. But it was the intended purpose was to run it for a replay server, yeah. right? So basically, every player feed is getting into that server. It's being recorded for the last 20 minutes, insert X thing here. And um, then an operator, Sam, Mitch, and Rasmus could on the fly just recall a stream from five minutes ago if something cool happened. This in the end didn't really work out the way we wanted to. My, I think that was something to do with the software we used. We basically used vMix to provide that feature, but there was some shenanigans happening there that we didn't really have time in the at the venue to debug properly. Yeah. So that was the third server, which then got repurposed to do a twenty-four-seven room recording of player room. Yeah, we basically locally recorded all all of the um, SDI cameras and the caster camera. Um, that's it. Yeah. yeah, we recorded all the room cameras, including caster camera, locally twenty four seven. Yeah, yeah. So we Which have we also is a, it's it's a really interesting issue, right? You don't think about this, right? But first of all, there is no way you're ever going to have enough storage to record this permanent, mm. because keep in mind it's like super high bit rate, so you need to use SSDs. So you can't really just use normal hard drives. And then you need to somehow offload that off the server or off the server to a remote storage service. So you actually have space on the drive. Well, the first day, what I tried is like we recorded during the day, everything was fine, all good. And then during the night, I just tried to sync that to cloud, right? Mm -hmm. Well, fun fact, you can't do that because during eight hours of sleep, we uploaded 60% of the footage and now the players need to use the internet. And because each six hour segment was like, what, 80 gigs? 320. 300, really? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Jesus. It was, it, it was. It was a, it was a four, yeah. it was four, how many, it was four uh, 1080p streams four. into a 4K scene. Yeah. Yes. At 30 at, FPS. At 30 FPS, that's 50K bitrate. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which, so, which on our heads, we wanted to just say, okay, we're going to have this 4K scene. If we crop like a quarter of that scene, it's you're basically getting a 1080p scene. So it was the easiest way to accomplish that kind of. Exactly. Yeah. But after the first day, I realized that like I can't do that because now all of a sudden uh, you don't have enough time to upload that during the night because you have 16 hour days effectively and you have eight hour night time plus minus, right? So I needed to implement a system where it was actually constantly syncing during the day, but in a way it doesn't actually kill the internet for the players. Just get faster upload speed, forehead. Yeah. <laughs> just get another fiber line, yeah? Yeah, yep. just dedicated just upload fiber line, yeah. Yeah, just roll it in. But yeah, like this is like just one of the example of the things that like you don't really think about until you try to do it and you see like, aha. Well, yeah, this is obvious now that you think about it, mm. but you just don't. Yep. And I'm fairly sure there are some things that you can say about, obviously, yeah, this will be an issue, but until we start doing it, it isn't. Yep. Mitch, go talk about audio. Yeah. Enjoy. So this is another thing that uh, didn't really realize was going to be a thing until it actually was implemented and we had all the players and stuff in the venue, right? Audio stuff. So, um, 
beautiful picture hey. of Roger here with his gorgeous Wave DX microphone. And a looming grim in the background. <laughs> and a looming grim, of course. Uh, so, like we were talking about before, um, this time around we wanted to use high-quality microphones, XLR microphones, for player audio. Um, it benefits everyone that listens to players talking. Um, having crisp, clean audio on an XLR dynamic microphone such as the Wave DX, much better than a headset mic, correct? correct. So the um, the the thing about a Wave DX is it a, is it a it is a cardioid dynamic microphone using an XLR interface. Um, what this does is obviously adds a sup superior audio quality for any audio, but what it also implements is that it's uh it's not really designed to be in an environment like a Race to World First. So. Um, as you can see, we have great examples of players using the microphones properly. Um, this one's not so much a great example, but it is a great picture, which I wanted to include. Grim, as you guys look, I mean, this is one of my favorite <laughs> pictures from the race. Yeah, this is uh, probably peak splits time or something. I don't remember what it was, but yeah, no, it, was, no, no. it was really good. You know what this was? This was like close to the end, like close to the Razaget progression where I got sick-ish. Ah, true. So I was yes. like half sleeping in the chairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was pretty good. Yeah. So anyway, I mean, you have examples this is how you're supposed to use a microphone like this right you're supposed to speak directly into the microphone and its purpose is to sort of isolate where the voice is coming from um, and block out surrounding noise right but when you in, when you introduce this into an environment like race world first where you have a player next to you maybe a meter and a half away um, these obstacles sort of compound and you're left with trying to sort how to set up a noise gate and what sort of compression you need to use on a microphone and what filters you need to use and all that other stuff so Speaking what you were talking about before, unaccounted for things, right? The boys use TeamSpeak to communicate in-game. Um, I had sat there and sort of messed around with a voice gate or a noise gate um, and some compressor filters to sort of be a one-size-fits-all implementation into the Elgato Wavelink software. Put it on every player's PC, said this is the only thing you should adjust. Don't mess with anything else. It's going to mess, up, mess up settings. Your voice is not going to be good. What I didn't account for was that in TeamSpeak, the boys had already set up a noise gate, so their noise gate was set up on Wavelink, and that microphone was being used in TeamSpeak, and then in TeamSpeak, there was another gate. So I had players periodically going, dude, this microphone system you've got set up here, it's super jank, what's going on? No one hears me. Um, and I only found that out maybe four days into the race, where I had to go through several steps of trying out what could possibly be the issue. Um, turns out players figuring out audio issues is just a no bueno. And um, now I'm more aware that there's a, a TeamSpeak noise gate. But it so, yeah. comes back to the the thing that we were talking about uh, previously about players needing to be comfortable. You know, like like this, like this was a scary moment. You know, like El, like for for us and for Elgato as well, because you know they want to send us products and they want them to be represented in a good way. And you know this is a really good microphone. Yeah. Um, and if it doesn't work well on the stream it doesn't look good for Elgato and also for us you know like the guys want to be comfortable and sort of like be able to play without it being bothersome yeah so we have to what you like Mitch you were the spearhead and like working out that stuff and like and solving that and it's just like it's it's you don't think it should be that important but it is yeah and it's the thing that the thing that's really hard to get uh, across to players and people in general that don't aren't used to this sort of setup right um, traditionally, everyone just wears a headset. That's how you, it's just so easy. You put a headset mic on and you're able to talk and you, you forget it. It's not in your field of view. Sorry. It's not in your field of view. It's not bothering you, whatever. Transitioning to a setup like this, 
Um, a lot of the complaints from players was like, hey, the mic arm is blocking my field of view. I can't uh, see this portion of my screen. It just feels like there's like a presence on top of my hand. I can't move my arms properly. Um, but once they, you know, position the arm or like this, like the, the arm that Stripe's using here is the, the way um, the Elgato wave, uh, the Elgato arm LP, it's the low profile arm, right? So it doesn't come up above your, your monitor like most of them do. It sits sort of below um, and it's closer to your arm, right? Making them understand that you can position this and you can move it in such a way where your microphone is directly like pointed towards your mouth and that you have full view of your microphones and stuff and making them comfortable and understanding that one, it's completely comfortable when you get used to it. And number two, you're getting better audio quality. That's something that you have to sort of ease players into. And then once they're sort of transitioned, like I feel like most of the players are at this point, it's totally fine. Like Roger, the perfect, the perfect example, like Roger was like, holding his mic non-stop and it seemed like he was you know super comfortable with it so it is what it is i think we did a good job though i think um we gave a prime example of how if you use proper equipment properly i mean it's uh it can be accomplished for sure yeah i, I was i was honestly like I, I had my reservations about it before mm. we actually tested it because we did the famous gingy test yeah. yeah, true. Gingy we did. test is you create as much noise as possible in the shortest period of time by either smacking the desk, yelling, or combination of both. And it just worked without picking up on the other sides. I was like, okay, I mean, I guess we do this. Yep. Yep. It was uh, it was really nice. And I mean, like, I'm talking into one right now. This is the one, I'm, the mic I'm talking into currently, and the same one with Sam, um, yep. is the Wave DX and like, it's it's incredible the kind of audio quality you can get out of microphones like this yeah yeah so um, uh, big, big thank you to elgato for providing all that seriously not only the microphones by the way the face cams the the mic arms the microphones the stream decks i mean it's endless the lights all the lights that we had on player pcs like all that stuff that's the that's all them Ooh. my camera's crashed boys bear with me for two seconds you're in a good pose it's fine. Oh. Yeah. yeah it's pretty good it's pretty good fix <clears throat> After this, do you want to continue on the actual race start? Yes, yes, yes. There's a lot. There's a lot of yeah. stuff. I'm actually curious though, yeah. chat. If you guys have any questions that you feel like we've not covered enough so far, out of all the topics that we've talked about, um, we can look. And Jasmine's been uh, kindly listing some questions um, in this document here. I think the first question is really good, Grim, from Said B <laughs> on Twitter. Does Grim know what Grim does? That's a good one. What do you do, Grim? Most of the time. Well, listen, most of the time I know what I'm doing. Yeah, sometimes it's just like kind of crazy concoction experiment that either turns out horrendously or yeah. it's pretty good. Pretty good. Sadly, like most of the things that I actually did make or am currently making can't really talk about. Yeah. For reasons. But yeah. Okay. Production stuff I can talk about mostly. Yeah. Sam, tell me when you're uh, good. Do I have to? Yeah, you have to reinvite me. Two seconds. I'm just jumping. I'm jumping out. Okay. Grim, mm -hmm. can you read the next question while I handle uh, Sam's issue? Sir, sure. I'm just top down. Yep. Go for it. Shoot. Signed, Dudu. Dudu. Uh, nice. Question. On, yeah, Dudu. Okay. Uh, ask the question on Twitter. What makes you change the venue every time? From the outside looking in, it seems Arcadia was a great overall, for example. Great question. Well, it, yeah, it, it it's not only about um, basically how, how it happened this time. We had like bigger aspirations this time, and we were only 
always already really familiar with the erupt uh, from the first sanctum race we did there right so we kind of felt cozy going back there because people at erupt are really great and second family honestly like there yeah i mean yeah, the, the people like at erupt i mean it's like they're literally like second family to us it's mm -hmm. it's crazy bb's in chat sure i have erupt shirt i have two erupt of them shirts here somewhere i yoinked big time <laughs> you stop did you yoink? I yoinked a lot, yeah. I asked, Dario one, right? I asked Dario specifically for uh, some erupt shirts. We didn't get the staff one. I'm still sad about that one. Yeah. No, but like Grim said, like overall, um, changing the venue is, uh, it comes down to a lot of factors. Jasmine, who primarily handles all that stuff, she's very good at discerning um, what the right move is and what isn't. And she always does what's in our best interest and what's our best favor. So um yeah. wholeheartedly trust her decisions on that stuff and she's always kept us in the loop and asked us what we think because our, our 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 information and our opinion is also valued which we we appreciate so yeah yeah she comes to us and sort of like goes like hey what do you need what do you want yeah uh like and we say this this and this and then she goes out and sort of like talks to a litany of people and venues and all that sort of stuff and tries to get us like the best deal that we can get as an organization and sort of like the thing that's going to be like and i think the thing for us specifically is like if you understand what world of warcraft is that's such a benefit for us oh yeah it's huge imagine and, being, imagine having to say like world of warcraft experience on your job resume like it's funny because 99 percent of places you'll apply to doesn't apply at all that means nothing but for us in our field of work it's uh it's everything honestly mm -hmm. Yeah, just like a quick thing regarding what you said, uh, understanding what World of Warcraft is. This, you, you think it's like a niche thing that you just say, but I dare you to try to book a venue when you tell them, we're well, we going to arrive there. When are you going to leave? <laughs> no idea. <laughs> <laughs> we'll tell you a day before we know. How's that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, it's, it's it's a week. It's two weeks, isn't it? That's what we get. Like, I mean, like, and that's that was with the old model of uh, heroic week coming out the week before. Yeah, like mm -hmm. we would usually get that. We you know you get a patch date two weeks before it drops. You know, a window of like, oh, it's probably going to be June or whatever. But like, you don't know until two weeks before the actual thing. So imagine trying to book a venue, but sort travel, doing all that stuff <laughs> without any of that information, which is why Jasmine's a hero. Yeah, because... yeah you, 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 the, the hilarious part is like, so I imagine this conversation going like this. Okay, so how long do you need the venue? Well, between like yes. seven and 14 yes. days. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> when do you need it? Well, yes. you know, somewhere around <laughs> December. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's yeah. Nuts. there's actually a great question in chat. And there's a uh, slightly change the topic for Rasmus because I, I miss hearing from Rasmus a little bit. For Rasmus, specifically by Fluffy DK and Twitch chat. Assuming you've got graphic design experience from non-esports related jobs, what's the biggest differences between retail and Echo? Um, retail. What like does normal that graphic mean? design? Yeah, so Rasmus, like, like before, before I, yeah, like before I met you, Rasmus, I know you were, you're, you probably still do, maybe a little bit. Um, you were doing like amazing chat blockers and stuff. You know what I mean? So maybe, from, maybe from that, like, what's the difference between okay, working yeah, freelance and see, see. Echo? Yeah. yeah. Uh, short, simple answer: time, I guess. Um, I don't do commissions at all anymore because I don't have time for it. Mm. Uh, working for Echo has been so time-consuming; it's like a full-time job. That's the thing. And yeah. and soon as a race is um, inbound, it's just yeah. Which you do on top of having a real, like normal, real-time yes. job as well. Yeah, Rasmus literally is. works real a real full-time job. By the way, like that, he yeah. still has a full-time job, which is nuts. Yes. 
I work eight hours a day. Every, <laughs> every day. It's insane, man. Yeah, I it's... can't believe you still do it, dude. It's, it's, it's unreal. <laughs> and uh, Echo is just a side hustle, <laughs> basically. Yep. It's, it's a pretty well, good side we, hustle. We man. might need backup next race because uh, it's um, yeah. closer than we think. Sorry. Definitely. Maybe. Who knows? <laughs> we have. We want to do another question before we get on with our little uh, conversations. There's a good yeah. one here. There's a good. It's on. It's actually on the subject. So from Ledu on Twitter, Ledu. I don't know if that's French. How did you all get started in media production, and how did you end up working at for at, slash for Echo? Who would you want to start first, lawyer? You Please. go. You go, Sam. Oh. Okay. Um. So. I worked in live production. Um, I used to do uh, corporate uh, production stuff. So I used to do things like product launches or trade shows um, or companies like Microsoft, like Aston Martin, uh, Jaguar Land Rover, JCB. Um, so I used to work for the companies of that. So like if they were launching a new car, like I used to do the Geneva Motor Show and stuff. So like, um, and my role in, the, in those companies was uh, I was in charge of um asset generation for like show stuff uh, as well as like running live production um so i used to run streams for these product launches and things um and uh i mean i think me and mitch have a very similar sort of like story in this one that like when uh i i made it through like a quite a little bit of um the like the covid crisis uh keeping a job but obviously when that that stuff hit that whole industry like uh i wish i drove an aston martin caleb uh but that whole industry kind of like <laughs> cut cut um like got cut off right nobody could go and do an in-person event anymore so we'd like switch to digital and like that lasted for a year or so and then uh my company kind of said hey we're not going to do this anymore because there's no work and i got made redundant and uh a guildie of mine uh Vulcan, uh i was a ra i was raid leading in my guild at the point and he posted me a tweet uh from echo uh, which was a hit marker link saying that they were recruiting, uh, recruiting like a creative director. I applied thinking like, I'll never get that. And, uh, here I am two years later, three ways to race the world first. It's weird. Was that two years? <laughs> yeah, man. I joined it. I joined in March 21, March 21. I joined. Mm. So me and, Ra me and yeah. Rasmus are May. Yeah. Like you guys, uh, cause that story is funny. So, um, I start working. I start working at Echo, and it's coming up to the um, to the uh, Sylvanas tier and Sanctum of Domination. And I'm starting to build all these assets for Race to World First. And I'm like, I can't do all of this on my own. <laughs> I can't do. I can't do any of this. Uh, and then I can throw over to like one of you two because I said, Hey, can we get some help? And somebody put a tweet out, um, <laughs> and uh, these two responded. <laughs> Mitch, go if you want. Yeah, it's basically the same story. Yeah, literally the yes. same. So before Echo, I was a content a director. Diff. I mean, it's, it, it is a bit different. There, so I'm going to explain what I like to think is the reason I work at Echo. And then I will, <laughs> okay. I, will I will give the realistic reason why I work at Echo. So what I like to think is um, formerly before Echo, I worked for a startup company back in Montreal. So for for just general information, I lived in Canada for my entire life in Montreal. Uh, I moved to Turkey two years ago. But uh, in Montreal, I was a content director for a small startup company named Butter, and I was uh, in charge of basically photography, videography, script writing, shot list generation, music licensing, literally everything, startup company. Um, I was flying to California to shoot advertisements for said startup company. 
And like Sam, um, the COVID crisis hit and flying to different countries and filming things and hiring actors and all this other stuff was uh, not, not a possibility anymore. And the budget for our marketing team got annihilated and I got made redundant. So I found myself without a job and I focused more on uh, content creation and video stuff for uh, my personal stuff. And then I saw this tweet that Sam was talking about and uh, I said, hey, this sounds really cool. I'm going to put in an application. And uh, yeah, I met Sam. We are now work wives and uh, the rest is history. So that's what I like to think I got hired for. The real reason I got probably got hired is because I got a cease and desist and I got uh, a little bit more cloud, I guess. And then, uh, yeah, the rest is history. Do you want it? That's not, it's nothing to do with it, man. Well, it, how that, it how that it went. A little bit, Look, a little bit. No, it's, it's not because I, no, because I remember sitting in Discord, in the in the Discord we all sit in nowadays, nowadays and like, like somebody was reading me off, um, like the list of people that have applied. Hmm. Uh, and uh, he's like, the person threw out your name. And I was just, wait, wait, like Canadian Fire Mage preheat? Because me being the scrub uh shadow priest main for 13 plus years in nihilotha switched to fire mage mm -hmm. uh and binged all of your all of your content and like loved it and then watched ended up watching your stream uh and i was just like and like loved all of your stuff and like uh <laughs> he went oh do you know that guy i'm like yeah we hire him immediately <laughs> that was how that conversation grim's went. nodding in disapproval i really want to hear what grim has to say at, the, at this very yeah, moment God. I have nothing to say. You played Fire Mage back then too, so he's gonna say, uh, "I'm sorry, I didn't tune into Listen, that guy." We were all double I on use. Plead the fifth, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah we're okay. all double on use, spamming, spamming, like spamming combustion boys during Nihilator. and I, then good times. Yeah, Rasmus for me on the on that side front, just to finish that side of the story, like Rasmus, like he showed me his like the, we 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 got shown Rasmus's work, and I was just like, he wants to come and do stuff stuff for us, and like I sent him stuff, and I was just like, oh no, like because like I'm I'm an okay graphic designer, I'm not I'm not like the best. And Rasmus's stuff like was like his portfolio. I was just like, this guy is gonna hate everything that I have made. <laughs> this guy's gonna hate everything I've made, and he's gonna like not want to jump in. <laughs> and like Rasmus was this dude that just went, yeah, yeah, no, I, I can, I can help with that. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep. Go, sorry, go, Rasmus. I, uh, I interrupted. Um, if I go from the start, mm -hmm. I guess yep. I, I'm totally self-taught graphic designer. I started doing rework at MMO Champion, the signature banners that. You see, in the forums, ancient history. Um, oh my God. Yeah, that's history. Uh, I moved on to Twitter. Um, I, accept, I accept the commission work. Uh, I'm still working, full-time job, eight to four. And yeah, I've been doing commissions for six years for the community. And then the tweet popped up. Uh, I DM'd whoever was in charge at that time, and I got the job. Basically, I didn't even have an interview self-made wait wait did you Easy. actually all join at the same time me and rasmus yeah, joined at the same time yes yeah yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh and sam was like a bit before yep yeah yeah, yeah. he was hey, panicking Grim, go it was your, your panic yours is your, yeah ours was like we need people now we need you to fly here now this needs to happen mm -hmm. now grims is mm -hmm. a little bit yeah. more uh chill so go ahead yeah i mean yeah i mean it all started back in nyloth i guess Incidentally, yeah, where Nogi said that the the guild needs some help making record as right? This mm -hmm. is where I come from, the record era. 
And I said, yeah, why not? Sounds fun. I did that for a bit. And the next year they said, yeah, I want you, we want you to do this full, like not full time, but I want you to do this for the, every race, right? And I was like, ah, okay, this is interesting. You know, Echo, let's see, maybe it's cool. Let's try this out. And from that point on, I got involved in more and more and more <laughs> things where it turns out that it appears that they're no longer doing Recoras because of quite a bit of other stuff to do. Yep. But that was basically it. It was just came from that and just kind of became this thing where I now Stop do... being good at stuff, Graham. Yeah. Maybe just start being me mediocre. Yeah. And then maybe start, I start asking to do I stuff. Can't. This is a great moment yeah. to let Twitch chat know if you ever want to make Grim smile in the morning, you you you, you need to whisper Grim lockout on Torn Mill and you ask him, can you make this weak aura for me? And it will make his day. Yep, he'll love that. Every he will love it. it. He will spend so much time making you a completely custom, completely hey. custom weak aura. <laughs> he doesn't flinch at the words, hey Grim. That's uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, like, awesome. This is like actually a surefire way to get him to ignore this. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's. I think it's that's full. I think that's full position. by now, but it's fine. It's whatever. Hmm. Yeah. So there you go. That's a, yeah. that was a really good question. That's that sparked a yeah a nice little little nice little topic there. That was nice. Yeah. It just reminds me if we want to stick in that sort of era for a second, Mitch. Mm -hmm. uh, like, I remember us arriving in Switzerland the first time. Mm -hmm. So. There's like there's, we're in this little building and then we've we've got it and it's barely work. Everything's held together with duct tape and dreams, and we're uh, we're, we're pulling this together. And this little 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 Canadian man arrives and goes, "Oh hi, I'm preheat. We're here. Like like I'm just." <laughs> and that was the start of it, and it was just ridiculous that like it's gone this far now, man. It just makes me yeah. oh god. It literally yeah. feels like decades ago at this point. It's crazy. Yeah. Nuts. Yeah, we've been through uh we've been through a lot, us four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good times. Definitely some demonic stuff. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There's uh that what was the Go ahead. What was the phrase for the race? Fuck around, find out. Find Fuck out. around, find out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There was Last race it was in chat. You know how you you understand how it's always our all our phrases from every race have always been like some sort of negative connotation towards something. Like this race yeah. it was fuck around find out, last one was in shambles. Yeah. I don't remember what the other yeah. one was. It's too long ago. But what was there was? We had a version of this race that was super long. I don't remember. My memory from uh, this race cursed, is very blurry. Fuck around, find out in yeah. shambles. Yeah, something yeah, like that. Was, cursed yeah. was the first. Was SOD cursed? Yeah. 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 Yep. SOD was cursed. Yeah. Oh okay, so let's 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 Coop. sort of deviate and talk about something that's actually integral to any esports organization, right? Um, mm. A lot of a lot of startup organizations and stuff they they need certain things to be in place in order to operate properly, right? And we really put an emphasis this time around on media day because media day mm -hmm. for us um, has always sort of been something that we've wanted to achieve but have never actually achieved in its fullest capacity. Um, whether it's merch not arriving on time, whether it's players being sick or something like that, one way or the other, we've never had proper ways to let's say get pictures of our players that we can use on social media. Um, or Rasmus has been demanding this for years at this point, um, proper headshots so that he can use on thumbnails. Right? Oh, yeah. so, so this race, we really put a big emphasis on media day and Prage, we actually got headshots of all of our players in full HD quality. Shout out to uh, Kylo and Mario who made that um, a possibility. Obviously with the help of Rasmus, he was there like telling players how to pose. But 
I'm mm-hmm. gonna say it. Yeah. Not of the media day. The day after. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Anyway, it, it, it happened. That's the good thing, right? We got pictures. Yeah. Yay. We did. But that's them. a good story. That's a good story. Yeah. Though. Yeah. Go for it. I'm gonna pull up some pictures of the headshots because they're actually really so, nice. Basically, edited, what happened? Anyway. Oh, it's okay. Yeah. Happened. Nobody judge Rasmus. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Echo as a guild regarding merch is cursed. <laughs> it, it just it is what it is like i don't know what's happening but it's Voldemort just is. topic you mean Voldemort. yeah, it's, yeah. i don't know what's happening with that it's just cursed you can order merch now it will somehow be late for the ra- next race it doesn't matter anymore so basically we have a media day right we need to do headshots we need to do some deliverables blah 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 but we have we don't have player jersey. you cut out grim say that again uh Okay, it's... Mm-hmm, I see what it is. Okay, so basically, you don't have merch, you don't have player jerseys, so what do you do? I will strictly remember this glorious conversation outside of a rap where Scribe comes in, we're all there inhaling nicotine, <laughs> right? And Scribe not, he's just there inhaling fresh air. And we somehow get to an idea to send someone to Hamburg to pick up the merch manually and drive it to switzerland in like a 16 hour notice like you need to leave now so somehow we managed to find a friend of a uh, of a of sven who's actually working for echo who he was willing to sit on a train to hamburg pick up a merch and then take another train to switzerland to deliver us merch yeah, that was that uh, guy. That guy is a champion. That's a legend. That guy is <laughs> a legend. I really hope he's watching. I, I want to give him another hug, man. Yeah, I can't yeah, remember his that name. Guy is it's, a ma- it's making me so feel so bad about yeah. it because he was an actual hero. This dude turns up at like 9 p.m. with like a backpack and a suitcase full of yeah. like jer- these like these jerseys and just like in there. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. Absolute legend. Chad. Yeah, what a legend. Yeah, and I then, don't. Of course, the next day, Marcio. Yeah, yeah yeah i mean i just don't know what yeah. it is about merch and us we've just always had this curse right because the last race um the reason we didn't get our player shots and everything on media day just kind of got skewed was because merch just didn't arrive in time and uh you know at that point the race was over everyone wanted to go home and uh couldn't get what we wanted but we made it happen this time i'm very happy yeah, after we'd all been imprisoned in germany for like what we thought was going to be a week and a half and would turned out to be almost a month I just able to open a few because they're like like 10 or 50 megabytes each picture. But yeah, we got some really nice pictures. These are all shot in raw and Rasmus has been having a field day with them. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. This was sh- Sorry, this I didn't catch that last. What did you say? No, no, nothing. I'm just saying I'm sure you've appreciated these pictures being a thing now that we have actual yes, like shots absolutely. of our players. Like mm-hmm. if you look at it. Huh? What's, what's that? I was, just, I was going to ask Rasmus how important it is for like this stuff, like to, for us to have these. Yeah. It's super important, especially with MDI coming up in a few weeks as well. Yeah, like think of all the events that we use. Like if you look, I don't know if you guys are subscribed to Jinji on, on YouTube, but if you look at his thumbnails on every video, he's had the same thumbnail face for the past, like, I don't know how long now. You know what I mean? This allows us to give him a new face to those thumbnails, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. There you go. No longer have to have uh, Jinji shocked. Easy. Shocked. Yeah, that's another thing that just goes into all this prep, right? Is like not only planning stuff at the venue, production aside, right? Is planning all these times where we can sit down with players and take pictures of them, make videos like the sit down with Secret Lab videos, 
um, all that stuff is like before this whole um, projection of like two races in this year, um, we didn't know when races were going to happen. So we only have in our heads like maybe one or two chances per year to get players to in, a, in the same space to take pictures, record videos, shoot content. Um, so it's oftentimes a logistical nightmare trying to organize that. And it's just nice that we actually finally have some stuff to show for it. So, yeah. Yeah. Really nice. Mm. What else oh. would we like to? Uh... Oh, I want to talk about casters. You guys want to talk about casters? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I want to talk about casters. So uh, I think all of us are super, super proud um, of the fact that, I mean, like, no question, we have the best caster team out of any caster team. Um, is that? 100 percent. Yeah. Our casters that are still willing to work with us uh, are fantastic, and we uh, the broadcast literally wouldn't be the same without them. I think we are super fortunate to have the team that we have um, for the past two races, and the addition of Jeef this time around was yeah. a such a, such a welcome and fantastic addition to the broadcast. I don't know about you, chat, but like. The dynamic that Jeeth brought to the analyst desk where casters were on the couch and able to throw to Jeeth and Jeeth would look up Warcraft logs, like it just added such a cool dynamic to the broadcast that was really missing. Um, and I'll, I'll say it first, Sam, I literally shed a tear when uh, when I saw Jeeth and the casters working together on the couch. Like it, 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 the broadcast itself was like, holy shit, this is like what it should be. Jeeth on logs, Preach going Jeeth check, Jeeth checks the logs, comes back, they're bantering, they're throwing back to the broadcast. like. It was so good, man. So impressed. This, yeah, this is kind of speaks back to sort of like the prep. We could go back to the prep work is what's one of the things that uh, like I think we all have input, but like it's weirdly one of the responsibilities that ends up on me uh, that yeah. I crap myself about every time um, is uh, finding like a, a roster of casters that are going to do stuff. And, you know, like, so the, the roster didn't change between like Sofo and this one in terms of anything else um like you still had you know pre you know preach uh, we're like we'll take a moment to say thank you to them obviously like preach came in and did an amazing job alex uh if you're listening buddy i love you very much you always do an amazing job uh like jordan like came back even stronger like last time was our first event came back even stronger krista came back like yet again even stronger than last time tettles and dratnos are a powerhouse of of casting and then uh roger comes to us and goes hey jeet's not playing this tier and he was kind of likes the idea of uh of casting and we were a little worried because we we're like yeah that could be very cool but like we don't know exactly how this is gonna go you know like we've seen instances of people um you know getting like like this is very different from sitting and streaming you know this is a um yeah totally different it's a very you know like nerves take you different places you know and we don't know how that's going to go and like jesse we're talking to jeeth and he's like saying oh i'm a little nervous about it you know but i think i'll do a good job and so that first day when that when jesse sits down um and we're like okay this is gonna go one or two ways and like especially as well like with bless them alex and alex and jordan getting sick mm -hmm. um at the beginning of at the beginning of the show like mm -hmm. we were a little bit terrified about how much Jeeth was going to have to go there. And he was a immediate powerhouse. And this guy literally like, said, I will be there like from when the Raiders wake up until when they go to bed, I will be there. Like, just tell yeah. me when you need me. And he, unbelievable talent. So, so good. So knowledgeable. So good at explaining complicated things in a way that everybody can understand. Because when you look at our viewership breakdown, uh, I think this is a really important thing to like to decide why we make the decisions we do when we do this about casters. Is this like 
there's the hardcore people that watch that watch World of Warcraft all the time and are like players and like Mythic Raid and all that sort of stuff. But the bulk majority of viewers that come and watch the main channel, especially, like they are casual WoW players or people that are only interested in the race to world first. So you have to be able to explain complicated topics to them in a way that they can easily digest. Yep. And Jeeth just turned out to be a person that's unbelievably perfect at that. Like and the big props to him because he uh he did an amazing job and i can't see another race coming up going forwards that we're not going to have jesse involved because yeah goddamn so good powerhouse and, and what's what's really great is that something we noticed this race i think more so than any other race is that there is a large crossover between people that are interested in final fantasy content and people that are interested in wow content and there's a lot of people tuning into the broadcast for the first time and they're final fantasy players and they want to understand what a race world first is like in wow and Jeeth is actually an incredible uh, gateway for the, those people because Jeeth is a pretty popular Final Fantasy streamer at this point, right? He brings an audience over to WoW, and if he explains it in a way that people can understand on both sides of the coin, that's just better for us. More viewers, yeah. more people that understand what's going on. And I think there's a lot of takeaways from that as well because like production-wise, we can do a lot more things to explain it to the average viewer, viewer quote-unquote, what's going on in the broadcast. When you tune in for the first time and you don't know what's going on in WoW, what, what, what are you looking at? Like, what, what is this splits topic that people are, are talking about? What are they doing right now? I think that's something we can also improve on in um, production-wise as well. But needless to say, I think, like you were saying, Jeeth is, a, is an incredible addition to the, to the roster for sure. Mm -hmm. Definitely added something special. He is, uh, yeah, hero. <laughs> yep. And also, what we could talk about very quickly is the sort of tools that we give casters on site because... An yeah. online event is like, you know, casters come in, you pull their webcams, they talk, right? In person, um, it's been a, a philosophy for production, at least for us, for quite some time, is that we want to give casters the tools to be able to do their job to the best of their ability. And I think that's something we have iterated on a few times at this point. And this race, I think it was a little bit more, it was it was better than last time. I think there was a lot more we can do. Um, but yeah, casters being able to have access to things like logs and a replay tool, um, and even stupid simple things like being able to adjust their volume or listening into comms when, without them having to ask us or talking to production without it being really noticeable on stream like yeah sam's showing you right now this is the stream deck plus um something new i got a release recently and all of those knobs and buttons like all those faders those were all assigned to controls that casters had themselves where they could do basically anything they wanted um and have access to like like i was saying listening to comms listening to uh to music if they wanted to listen to music on stream like yeah, we, 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 yeah. go ahead, Sam. Like, like I was gonna say, like that stream deck cross as well, like bro clean it, sorry, Jasmine. Uh, <laughs> uh, that, that I had, like that one was actually one of the ones that was sat on the desk, like both me and Grim got one to test from Elgato, very, very kindly of them. Um, and like that integrated into our production in a way that like they could talk to us and have a conversation with us without you hearing them. And like talk, a full talkback system, is is some is something that we didn't have last race that we into that we put in this race so that they could have a chat with us while like one of the casters could have a, chat, a word with us and ask us about doing something, uh, like the the like the analyst desk that Jeeth had the you know where he had a whole OBS that he could bring up logs in and show them off um, and like show us things as well as like watch the feeds and like see they could see what he wanted to do, like like all of these things are, are better and like yeah if we can implement a full replay system next time around so that we can pull up things and uh, reiterate on clips for educational purposes and stuff like 
that's the next step for us yeah. in terms of what's what's next. Biggest thing missing right now is if like Preach or any of the casters, Jordan, Alex, like if any of them say, I want to see what just happened on Zalia's POV. I just saw it on all of you. I want to see what happened just now. We want to have the ability to say, okay, let's let's clip that, show it to, to show it on main broadcast in full screen, and they'll be able to pause it. They'll be able to do whatever they want to it so that we can actually break down that segment um, and show you guys a more detailed view of what actually happened, right? Because in, in the in the heat of the moment in a Razageth pull, let's say, you don't really know what's what what happened specifically if they wipe or something explodes or whatever. We want to be able to break that down. And like we are talking about with Jeef being there and that tool being implemented, we'd be able to actually show you guys that more detailed and explain it better, which just leads to more understanding for the large viewer base, which is great. So, yeah, yeah, it's a, it, you being able to understand what's going on is the primary function of the mainstream. Yep. Like that's that's its primary purpose is to present this in a way that's not just you watching Scribe or Jinji or or clicks, <laughs> you know, or anybody like you have to be able to that we are an educational stream first and foremost in teaching you how to do things. Yeah, um, it's also a place yeah. where you, uh, we hope that you'd feel like you're comfortable. You can hang out, you can chill. There's always good yes. music playing. There's always people saving touchdown. Um, there's memes on screen all the time. Like that's why mm. we separate ourselves. We want to feel like we are part of Twitch chat as production team. We are part of you. Like that's what we are. We want to show we want to have a production broadcast where like me and Sam and Rasmus and, and Grimm and everyone else are, are all proud to say like, this is what I would want to watch if I was watching Race World first. That's mm. something that's never going to change really. Yeah. We want to um, break into some of the sort of like show stuff and like how we run things and uh, yeah. like go through that sort of bits and p those sorts of bits and pieces. Like, because yeah, I think you got something to show me. Uh, I haven't got something to show you. I can like, well, I can pull back up the OBS. But like, what I was saying is like, this is another thing that I wanted to talk about: mm. how we build a show to be run. Um, okay. Which somebody maybe if you wanted to pull up a, like a little bit of a segment from like your stream, Mitch. Um, like that might be a good way of like explaining this production POV. I like it. Production POV. Um, so so why don't, like while any... I pull it up, why don't you explain what that was this race and why it be, like why it was a thing? Yeah. So um, we are a very small team. Like the the people that you see here, plus Jasmine and a couple of others and things like that. That's our entire sort of like Echo team. And when it comes to actual production, uh, we had four people this time around. So it's myself preheat rasmus and sira as well from ksm but from keystone masters um and like what we wanted to show you is like a little bit of behind the scenes about us running the show so as you can see here this is just some sort of like pov of of us sitting at the desk running the show and what is kind of important here is that when you talk about broadcasts on this scale usually they're a multi-person operation somebody is running the one part of the desk another person is running another part of the desk um we don't like that as a as a workflow mentality. We like the idea of one being a one person being able to sit down in front of that massive computer uh, and do everything. Um, and I think that's such an important factor for us because that way we think that you get a more con co cohesive viewing experience because we know what to look for we're all world of warcraft players we know exactly what we're looking for in pavs it becomes like this routine and this dance that we go through as you go through a fight and i'd love maybe if mitch if you're and, and mitch and rasmus if you a chip in here absolutely um, about like like what what like a moment to moment of like running running the show kind of like looks like um like it'd be good to see from your perspective mitch and, and from rasmus's who we've sort of like taught to do this um yeah, Maybe. I mean, like, so I'll, I don't mind going first. So something you, you said rings so true to the point where I feel like it needs to be almost a job requirement. And 
traditionally speaking, an operator for any sort of production um, is sort of like we said before, is like a cog in a machine. Like you don't have to have um, this extensive knowledge about really what's going on. You just you just need to read what your your job brief is and present that sort of thing. If you're a person spectating some sort of FPS game, you, you're spectating these people. And if something happens, you're just like, hey, I have a clip here. No problem. The difference between that production and our production is so much more involved in the sense that like whoever is at that table in this instance it's me maybe it's rasmus maybe it's sam um and on occasion jasmine by the way she actually operated a little bit this race um you are literally in control of everything and that's primarily based on the fact that you understand what is happening in the game at that very moment you know the fight because you've watched it before um you know the fight because maybe you were in Discord or in TeamSpeak with the boys while they're on PTR testing the bosses. You have this knowledge because you play the game XYZ things. You know what's happening. So you you automatically feel more in control of what you're able to show people and what people want to see. If you're a non-WoW player, you have no clue what you're looking at. You don't know what's important. You don't know if you want to look at Zalia's POV because he's on the Heal Absorb platform on, Raz on, on Razageth and he's the one pumping out heals more so than the other platform that there's really not much going on. Like these are all the small differences that make up what actually the operator is in that instance. So being an operator in our production environment is a lot more involved because of A, what I just explained, and B, you are not only controlling that, you're listening to casters, you're the one doing everything all at once. The person in the hot seat is controlling audio levels, controlling music, controlling the POVs, everything. And the second person is just there making sure that if anything goes wrong, he's there right by your side, making like if in this instance, Sam's right next to me. If I said, Sam, go readjust the camera, he's up. He's going to readjust the camera. But that sort of control, that level of, of importance on the person controlling the desk, I don't think is something we're ever going to want to change because it's yeah. it's so integral to our broadcast where if we go to a break, I'm pulling up uh, dancing Emmett Selk and we're playing touchdown. That's something we have direct control over. And you will not find this anywhere else in any other organization. I'm pretty sure. Don't know that for a fact, but I'm pretty sure that that is such that is a massive difference between us and everybody else. We have direct control over everything that happens on that broadcast, and it's because we understand it. And we also are one of you guys in Twitch chat. We we want to see this stuff. But we like. It's like Twitch chat controlling the stream. Yeah, literally, yeah. it literally it is, is yeah. though. It literally is. Yeah, that's the best part. Like we don't want to be that like sterile environment where it's just like it's it's informative but it's boring there's no there's no emotion there's no passion involved in it like you i feel like at least for me maybe i'm biased but i feel like if you're a viewer of the echo stream like you feel the love that goes into what we do i like hmm. to i like to think that way maybe i'm wrong but yeah. i'm interested rasmus what you think because sofo was your first tier on site and operating do we want to tell um, them uh, I mean, if you want to tell that story, you can tell that story. Um, yeah, like, oh God. Uh, uh, but like, what was that like? Maybe like last time versus this time? Like, what was it like when you like the first time you sat in the chair uh, and uh, you were like, um, you're and you're like, uh, we we call it driving, right? Like, so it's yeah, like, yeah. what was the what was the time? What was the like, first time driving like? Actually, really easy. <laughs> Not gonna lie, because it's it's set up like idiot proof. That's the thing. The whole the whole setup is idiot proof, basically. That's why we got Jasmine as well. And sorry, <laughs> not <laughs> cool. What? <laughs> oh my god! Harsh, bro. But for anyone, <laughs> literally just sit in the chair and just press a button and just swap. 
<laughs> so so I, I, I understand so this is the thing you have to understand you have to know Rasmus to know what he means he doesn't mean that in a mean way it just no, it, I, don't, I do not he really doesn't what he means is that the way that we build our OBS and our stream decks and all these things is that we program them so that it's very intuitive to know what you're pressing and where you want to go the way that so I mean all of us have done at this point but generally speaking I will make so the software we use is called companion right we use companion to assign macros to a stream deck and that button basically does something in OBS or triggers a certain X, for example, um, the an audio level or whatever. What? Yeah, what Sam's showing. We bind all of those to basically something. And those buttons, you'll see sometimes in pictures, it says anal cam. That is analyst camera. Um, oh it's very obvious, Ooh. very intuitive. Uh, and it's like, so like Rasmus saying, it's very easy to understand. But mm -hmm. the knowledge that comes with what you're doing before you press that button is what's actually important. It's oh, not we're about to kill it. There you go. Yeah, I love this POV. Oh, that's the kill? That's yeah. the kill. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we get to go. No, home. that's splits done. That's splits done. Yeah, true. That's also splits. Splits <laughs> done. Yeah. I like how Dratnos is just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, Dratnos was that's about cool. to go on shift. Yeah, Dratnos he was, was waiting. about to swap out. It's yeah. like Dratnos is just oh, chilling, no. but like getting caught up yep. before he like he swapped in. Like that, yeah. that that's when they killed it. Mm. But yeah, no, I think like this is another home. point that we can we can thank elgato because like like they provide us with like all of the stream decks and stuff things like that like, like i showed it i showed it briefly like like this stream deck has actually been at every world that me and mitch have been at and he's got the other yeah, the other I'm, side hold that on, we, i'm pulling it up now yeah we have signed them all and things like that so these these will come with us for every race to world first event that we do um so there's all of our signatures on them but oh, i like, forgot to sign it yeah, you you signed this last time. You're on here, I think. I think I'm slight. It's slightly rubbing off. Maybe. Actually. Yeah. but the gold stars yeah. are what's important. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Back yeah. to back to back, baby. True. Back to back to back. Um, but like they like this system. Like first off, the Starforge PC actually absolutely crushed it. Like the entirety of the time. Like we didn't have any OBS issues and things like that, which we've had in previous events. Yep. Um, and like Elgato give us like all of these tools in order for us to do this and none of it works without that because like that whole designing everything person like something that mitch sits and sweats over for like two days when we get to a venue and like previously as well because like we build the obs beforehand we bring that with us and we build the bare, bare bones of things like that but yeah understanding that layout there's a really good picture of it mitch actually of the of the stream decks like the I one that's it. my yeah, desktop wallpaper yeah <clears throat> um uh and like you have to design the way that you like you do things into groups that make sense for your hands to do because you need to think about left hand right hand in terms of like having both hands on stream decks um so you can see here like the small one uh like at the very front that's player povs right so that's like selecting which pov i want to actually be be using then on the large stream deck plus to the left like on this left hand side that was transition so that's picking do i just want to fade do i want to use the warcraft logs uh, analysis desk uh transition do i want to use the portal transition and then like the very thing that's at the bottom is like the the, the sort of the actual transition button and then this like the right section that mitch was cursor was just over that's your cameras so like which cameras do i want active in the scene and then to the right that's all audio essentially like most of that is just audio control yeah. and like under and like muting casters unmuting things you uh somebody asked in chat a minute ago how easy was it to communicate with casters those purple buttons the top one on its own that was what you pushed to communicate with every caster at once so they could hear us you couldn't hear us 
so we could send them all a message and then we had individual buttons for all the casters as well so if it's alex and preach on the desk uh, on the couch i can and g sat on the analyst desk i can just push g's button and say hey do you want to prep a segment and then i can speak, speak to alex and go hey uh has got a segment coming up you should throw to him like so communication is just like second nature like we can just like press and go and like it's it's a two it's it's silly to think about but like the level of detail that mitch thinks about when he's building these is really important because it's like i need things on this side that can control mostly my visuals and then things on this side that control mostly my audio and everything's grouped so that you can when you run a transition so say we were coming back from a break um that's a great picture of it actually yep, um super good <laughs> when you're coming back from a break right so we've been at the we've been like things of that so we're selecting the player pov first uh making sure that we're on the caster camera phones we're talking to the casters counting them in we press the select the right transition press the transition button transition runs unmute the casters go to that then immediately send l shape to preview so that you preview your l shape pick the player that you want to be watching in that situation uh and then transition into the l shape with everything so like that's 10 button presses and it's after a day it's second nature and you're just pressing things and just like you're running through the sequence of buttons yep. and yeah i'd like if mitch if you if you want to explain like what everyone's looking at there as well because i think that's probably important yeah I, I think i think the most important thing is understanding like i was saying before understanding what you're looking at and also having the information readily available in front of your eyeballs to know what you're looking at so like up here you'll see um there's three 24 inch monitors and all of these are multi-view or except this one, I guess this is just caster camera. It, at the was. it was multi yeah, at well. some point, but anyway, um, we have a, P a POV from each player, let's say, aside from players that basically weren't involved in that multi-view. Um, but we have all of the POVs up top, and then we have our main OBS, which is where we're shooting from. And then we have our audio mixer. Um, we have our Spotify, which is a playlist that we curate every race. We have TeamSpeak open because that's actually how we pull audio from TeamSpeak. We're logged in to TeamSpeak on the production PC and we're in there muted, but we can also toggle it so we can hear it ourselves. Little notes for ourselves. And then on this screen, generally speaking, it'll be some sort of uh, like website, whether it's Google Drive or whatever, which is sort of like downloading at the time to Im import like VTs or video ads or whatever it else is. So. Yeah, one of the most monitors was dedicated mostly preview as well, wasn't it? There was like a full screen preview yeah. of the, I have the a, show. I have online. a video of that actually. We had a really nice setup this time because we were able to get our main broadcast. This is like very early on, right? Before the mm. NDI sources were involved, but like uh, I have a video somewhere here. I'll find it. We were able to get like a, an 80 inch TV as our broadcast out, which was really sick. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. So like this was our broadcast out up here. That's the mainstream. Little Sierra doing his uh his his thing over here. So there on that rack there. So you obviously got Sierra sat in front of like the main driving system with the multi views up top, and then the PC that's directly on the shelf up top. That's the PC that's running the NDI feeds into the multi views, and then to the left, that's sort of like the big box like glowing thing. That's where we're receiving this exactly. That's that's receiving all of the SDI inputs from the cameras as well as all the audio, and feeding that into the main big production Starforge machine at the top. Um, so like yeah it's a slight cable nightmare but like it, it, everything's all like talks to each other and works together yeah yeah i downloaded a little a couple of like videos of it us being uh, actually using it you know yeah and something i didn't realize mario shout out to mario our videographer at the race he uh took such insane b-roll of us that i didn't even see until like today basically oh wait um, there's b-roll of us there's yeah there's there's b-roll of us like having our little meeting that we have every race in the production room let me find it was so good it's cool yeah 
Uh, it's somewhere here. This is you walking Rasmus through it. I remember this. Mm -hmm. yeah. but there's a, there's a meeting it where we, I was walking everyone through it. I think at some point. Uh, where is it? I know I downloaded it. Hold on a second. But yeah, like I think some people in chat are saying that they didn't realize like how much detail goes in. Like this, this is what we spend a lot of time like on in the pre in the pre build. It's like working out how this is all going to work and yeah. sort of designing it to be that one man op designing it to sort of like function yeah like this is this is mitch doing like a big walkthrough like everybody where we sat down and like combined all of the work that we've been doing for the last six months into into sort of like okay this is it this is what you're gonna do this is how it's gonna work yep these these is this is like we were talking about before about like the moment you realize it's actually happening like this right before you press the start streaming button is the moment you're like holy shit like it's actually happening this is all this is the culmination of like months and months of work hours and hours and hours have went into this and this is where it's actually led us the hard work of everyone that's involved not just us you see on screen but everyone behind the scenes as well like this is everything that we've worked our poured our hearts into for the past four or five months we started this in what july late yeah. june early july like this is all the work that we've done it's like, like compounded into one little moment it's great mm -hmm. and uh especially for us this time around like we did a 24 7 broadcast last time around mm. uh with bdgg as well uh but this time around like we did even more with them this time around like we were way more involved in the side of things and like teaming up with them and like sarah coming in to sort of like run that over and do that um it's a massive task for four operators it's a massive massive task for four and um it was uh really rewarding like two days in when everything's going smoothly and it's all paying play like paying off yeah. it was really satisfying yep really cool i wish uh i mean i could play the audio but like all of these videos there's like hardcore techno house music going in the background because we're all just like <laughs> yeah. pumped up on like 17 red bulls and tons of caffeine but yeah it's mm -hmm. uh it's a good time how dare you we drank elx and elx alone elx as well yeah tons of elx <laughs> You know, you know, we took it too far when one day you don't take a Red Bull and you're like, I'm missing something. What True. Yeah. Well, why do I not feel right? There's also the, yeah, pheno there's the, right. there's the phenomena that Swiss, uh, Swiss, uh, Swiss Red Bull hits harder than normal Red Bull. It does. Yep. I don't know why that's a thing, but it is. <laughs> what else uh, are we missing? Ooh. Memorable moments from the I show. Mean, That's get... a good one. We can do questions soon, but I think memorable yeah. moments for the show is a, is a different perspective we could <laughs> offer for people. Do we take the PG route or no PG route? No, but... no PG. Chat, right? No PG. We don't care about PG in the stream. You want to talk about that? The what? The trick. Oh, the trick. True. Oh, That's actually so good. Yeah, dude. The trick yeah. was so important. Uh, do you want me to see if I can find the VOD? Yeah, uh, try to find the VOD. Do you want to talk about something first and then I'll, I'll dig up the VOD? Hang I on. Will, let me explain the trick while you find it. Yeah. So this is an idea, uh, PG version. This is an idea we had at 2 a.m. while walking back to our hotel rooms. Um, I forget who I was with, <laughs> but I remember. I think it was Sam and Jasmine, or was it Sam and Rasmus? I don't remember. No, not me. I wasn't there yet. Yeah, it was me, you, and Jasmine walking back to the hotel. I okay. And then before I, I, I don't want to speak out of turn here, but like, who, who had the idea? Was it? I think it was me. I don't remember if it was me. I think no. I I said, wouldn't it be funny? Because uh, like no, because I brought all of the hard drive with all the assets yes, on it, and you, and like, and I was just like, wouldn't it be funny if we did something with the old assets, and then you came up with this? Okay, so we had this idea where we said, what if we opened the broadcast and we made chat think that we were still in uh, Sepulchre of the First Ones, 
all the old assets. We were still at Arcadia. We were still on that old couch. We were still in that raid and we were still on Halandris. And what if we had been there ever since we started to stop the broadcast last time and we said, we tricked people and we just said, hey, we've been here for like 386 days and they are still progressing Halandris. What if that was the way that we started off the show where we like really sold it? We made the casters feel like they were super like degraded and they're just like dead essentially. And then we pulled off the, the curtain and we said, haha, just kidding. Race the World First starts now. And we slam all of our new assets on screen. Um, and we said, is this actually possible? And turns out it was. We just had to do it really jank, but it ended up being really, really good. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, man, that that was such a, a great moment of like realization when we could actually pull it off. It worked out so well. I wish it was a little bit cleaner because it would have sold it better, but yeah. I I don't know whether we've got, we've got our we day have, one, but I'm, we I'm do, just we trying do. to find it. For sure we have it. How do we top this for next race? That's the I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I, I have no idea how we top that, but man. I have was, an uh, idea, but it involves spider attack next. <laughs> the oh, fireworks no. show, we just bring someone on to do like a little show as the opener. No, <laughs> we talk about it later. No, no, go, go, go. Give me, the, give me the PG no, no, version no, of it, no? No, okay. not, no, no, no. All right, all right. No. Well, Sam, look. I think it's a good idea. It might actually get st stolen. So. Yeah, okay. We, <laughs> we hold, we hold oh, okay. it. Yeah. I, I found it. Hang on. I found it? it. Two seconds. I was trying to, like, okay. Uh, copy URL at current time. Uh, copy URL at current time. I'm going to put it in our Discord chat now. Okay. Let's check, Mitch. But that's yep. from the end of the unskippable, and then we're in. Okay. Um. Nice. Let me uh, pause this real quick. Cool. Let me uh, fast forward a bit. Okay. So if you guys didn't actually see the opening broadcast, I will play it now for you. This is literally how we started the race to world first for this race. All right. Mute this. You guys can't hear it. You can maybe turn on the broadcast. I'll let it play out yeah. fully. It was so good. I'm so proud. I'm so happy we did this, man. Such a dumb idea, but it's yeah, so good. It worked out so well, though. Pop out chat. Oh, we got to pop out chat. Yeah, yeah. We did. We did. Really, really did. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Hello everyone, and welcome back to day 277 of the Vault. Uh, Sepulchre of the First Ones, Halondris progression. Our boys have been on a break for just over 90 minutes, discussing where to use their cooldowns. There we go, I can see them preparing now for a pool. Mike, what do you think that they can do to do anything reasonable in this time. Please kill me. <laughs> Can't even about, see Jordan uh, there under the blanket. It's been 30 seconds since the last bomb incident. I think we're doing really well. Oh, uh, they're, actually, they're actually going for a pool, which is about time. Uh, you can see, watch the sky beams, which is a mechanic. Um, Mike, would you like to go through the mechanics for the, I think, 6,000th time at this point? Oh, okay. There we go. So. 
I, I think that, um, um, if we actually have a look at the player room count, I think... Let's see how they're coping I think with we'll this. Let's see, see how they're getting on, because we can see them playing away here at the moment. And, um, I think G's having a bit of a bad time. You can see his hand is fake. Oh, he's put. He's oh? actually putting it. He's getting up off of his. He's walking away. He's had enough. <laughs> this is unprecedented. He sold see, it so well, man. He's, he's done. <laughs> he's I just. Blame him. He's absolutely done. What? Are we saved? I, I, is it over? I think. I think it is, Mike. I think is this is a crap dead. Are we saved? Uh, he's here. Jeeth, uh, would you like what, what's going on? It's so jag, but it works so well. I'm done with this shit. You guys got room on the couch? But uh, yeah. Come and save us. Mix it up a bit. Oh man. <laughs> oh my god. Stranger to putting down. See, if it was a little bit cleaner there, it would have sold it really well. Mm, yeah. But. At the if end of the, got the green screen. Yeah, if if, got the green I mean, screen. dude, this was like a really last minute thing, you know what I mean? But I felt yeah. like it was jank enough where Twitch Rat would appreciate it and they wouldn't really care that it looked like <clears throat> meh, you know? Yeah. Yeah. This is the first time I saw it, actually. Really? No, I mean, yeah, I mean, when? Like, when? Oh, yeah, did yeah, I, I, yeah, I guess yeah. not. This is a, this is yeah. something we threw to the, we threw the idea to the casters when they arrived, right? We said like, hey, we had this really yeah. funny idea. Like, how do you guys feel about it? Sit on a little bit, think about it, sleep on it, see if it's doable. And then we we asked them again when they came back the next day. We said, how do you guys feel about it? And they were like, man, let's let's do it. It sounds so funny, but yeah. Oh, such a send! Oh my god, that was yeah, great. That was fantastic. Uh, All because like, you brought the hard drive. Yeah, I, I will keep continue to bring it. It will keep coming all, at all times to whatever, wherever we go. Yeah. Jesus. Like, other stupid memorable moments. Mm. The George Lucas moment for me. Oh, God, yeah. That was holy, hilarious. Holy crap. When Alex Alex dyed his hair white for that charity goal and we none of us saw it. And he sits on the couch and sees that message in chat and loses his loses his mind immediately oh god it was so good it's actually so one of the good. most viewed clips on our channel i think <laughs> george lucas no it's still funny it's too good uh, oh man I'll find it. yeah i mean memorable moments like it's funny because a lot of the moments that we really end up cherishing are things like a collaborative effort between us and the casters and the dynamic that ends up just playing out on the broadcast like you can't really fake that stuff. It just happens in the moment. And it's largely in part because of our casters, like they're just so incredible. Yeah, so easy to work with as well. That's like, hey, do you want to do this stupid thing? Like Jeeth check. Like the Jeeth check was just like, because Jeeth was like, keep going. They keep asking for him because they got so used to how like how useful he was. And then Jeeth would like just go and take a break for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And they just ask questions. And it's just like, he's not there, guys. And so, so then Jeeth check was born. Jeeth check? Nope, nope, not there. Okay, cool. <laughs> I got it. There we go. <laughs> this is so good. Um. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, so chat, we found someone today. We brought them in. You can see Alex is reading like Twitch chat. <laughs> George Lucas! Oh, <laughs> fuck! <laughs> the immediate character break. So how are you feeling? Yeah, good. I'm looking forward to my next film that I'm going to ruin with yeah, very many, many remasters. This, yeah. <laughs> oh, so yeah, good, man. <laughs> <laughs> and we're fucking dying the whole time in production because we're watching this shit happen as it happens, you know? Oh, oh man. man. 
It's too good. It's too good. This is this is the thing I will never give up for the life of me, man. I will never ever get tired of that. It's too good. Oh god. Like <sighs> like there's like there's been such good moments of these like tells three and like the tells Dratnos three in one moment. Oh my god, I I literally nearly had a heart attack. Yeah. Like, the shampoo. Yeah, where Dratnos yeah. talked about like oh you just you know you you squirt it all half the bottle onto your head and you just let it body. <laughs> just. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the chicken chicken wings where Krista takes the biggest bite of like that super hot chicken wing last oh, race man. and like yeah, that was about deadly. died. Yep. Yeah, there's a lot of memorable moments, man. It's hard to like say one of them is the, the most memorable or whatever. I think the the fact is that we I feel like we produce a lot of them and it's it's a super big collaborative effort. Kills, I'd love you to take a talk stab at this much as well though, because mm. like uh last boss kills is something that me and you specifically sit and talk about for hours um yeah like, true like me and you will sit and go so what are we feeling this time how are we going to do it this time what's the what's the plan for when we're getting we're getting close yep uh oh, Jinji, oh yeah i'm sorry i saw mj's thing uh Jinji getting out of the production room where he stepped in when you're trying to do the oh yeah man oh, that man. was so, so good grim probably never oh, saw God. that either by the way yeah. we're trying to record a behind the scenes literally are I you? was literally on stream then. Yeah, he was on the couch with me. Was he? Yeah. Oh happened. yeah, true, yeah. true, true. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you'd see. Yeah, it. Nice. saw that one. <laughs> I died. Yeah. Mike's butt making a guest appearance. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Mitch. If you want to talk about like producing a like a, a, a world first kill like on mainstream, I think that'd be interesting because I think yeah, we me and you spend a lot of time specifically talking about that, and I think I don't think anybody really knows how much time we spend talking about that. Yeah, so um, a lot like Rasmus, I'm very self-taught when it comes to video editing and, and After Effects and all that other stuff. But um, something that always resonates with me throughout all of my work is um, music. Music is a large part of uh, the emotional investment that goes behind creating things. It, it can be cinematics, it can be video editing, it can be whatever. Um, but in, in my mind, watching a world first kill of a boss is something, whether people like to admit it or not, is an, is an emotional emotionally invested thing. People will feel something when that happens, and I want that feeling to be as real as it possibly could be when it happens. So if you were watching the Echo broadcast back in Sanctum, uh, the music rising and the cinematic, like the tension building in the kill, um, all of these things play into how the viewer actually en ends up receiving that sort of vibe from the kill. It's super important to me, and it's something that me and Sam, like you just said, discuss at length every race. What's going to be playing, what casters are going to be on the couch, whatever else it is, um, it needs to be perfect. It needs to be like, the, it needs to be the chef's kiss for the final moment of the race. Um, and something me and Sam have done for the past three races now is live mixed music um, for the kill. There's a certain portion of our playlist that is curated for um, certain tones, certain BPMs, certain notes um, and emotions that you want to invoke in people. And uh, the kill moment for us is super important because that is the culmination of literally everything. It is the the final stamp of approval saying like, this is what we did. Uh, and it's just like, you know, it ends up being- It's the Twitch clip that's gonna get shared the yeah. most. It's, yeah. it's literally all of, it's everything combined. It is so important. And we take a lot of pride in knowing that when that kill happens, because we fully believe that it will happen on our channel first. Um, yeah, that it's gonna be an incredible moment for everyone. And it doesn't hurt that we have the best caster team ever. And it doesn't hurt that you guys, you have people behind the desk that are super emotionally invested in what they're doing. Like all the reactions you see from behind the scenes. I don't know if you guys have seen them past ones, but like we are jumping and screaming when the kill happens. Like we're not just passively 
operating the desk. We are super invested in what's happening. And we're mm. just as excited as the players are when it happens. So all of that tied into the kill. Um, super important. Yeah. yeah, I think you have been like, you've driven all three. Uh, and I don't think I'd change that now. I think it's a nice <laughs> little little boon. But like, if somebody ever wants to go back and like watch the last days on Twitch, you can see us rehearsing. Uh, and it'd be interesting for you to like for the thing to see, to see. It's like not something that we can really pull up. But if somebody wants to, if you go want to go and watch it, just watch the last day, like when we're getting close to a kill, and you can see us, me and Mitch, rehearsing that yeah. and how that's going to go. Um, because we do every every pull that we're getting close, we start going, okay, cool. So let's like we drop in that you drop in this track here, and then like my job at that point is that I'm stood behind Mitch, going right, okay. So then this next, and then this next, and then this next, and then like running through the timeline together so that we have it, yeah, and we understand exactly. So it's like, oh, cool. Then we're gonna jump to this camera. Then you're gonna do this. Then you, I'll take over while you go and do this, and then we'll yeah. Yeah, it's I mean, it's whole... literally a dance. The whole thing is a dance, honestly. And without Sam being there, telling me like this is what's next, this is what's next, I'm so like paying attention to the audio level and like the tones of the music and like the POVs that we're watching. Like, I'm just so into it. Sam's there with his hand on my shoulder saying like, okay, this is what's next. This is what's next. And it's it's important because we're, like I said, we're emotionally invested. Sometimes you don't, it's not like a strict job robotic movement. It is being multiple factors are controlling what you're doing at that point. So yeah, it's, uh, it's cool. I don't feel like you get that anywhere else though. I'm going to say it, fuck it. Only on the Echo Esports broadcast do you get that kind of investment. It is what it is. Agree. Yeah. Mm. That's uh, producing a kill. It's not just mm. as easy as you think it is. And then we saved Christmas. Yay! <laughs> Speak for yourself, okay? True. Uh, you, I, I need to say it in front of this many people is that I'm very thankful that you released me. Um, uh, they let yep. me go home for Christmas. I am uh, a benevolent god. Thank you very much. I will always appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thank you, Grim. Thank you, Jasmine. Thank you, Mitch, for agreeing to be the ones that tanks stay behind while I was released. Uh, I'm very grateful. But um, that one, Mitch, do you want to take a little quick cheeky break? Just uh, yeah. then let people get up and stretch their legs and then we'll come back and do some Q&A. That sounds good. A little five minute yeah. break. Uh, uh, a tight five. Seven. Yeah, tight, oh, no. Nice tight five. Nice tight five. I need a seven. Nice tight five. I need a seven. You don't podcast, guys. Time for a break. Yep. We'll be back in a few minutes, chat. <laughs> we'll see you soon. Welcome back to the behind the scenes production tech talk. Third episode of the Echo Chamber podcast powered by Elgato Wave. We are uh, close to wrapping up, I think, boys. I don't mm -hmm. think we have uh, much left to say. I think the best thing to do now is probably to go through all the questions that uh, Jasmine has been kindly preparing for us uh, that we haven't answered yet. Does that sound? That's great. Good. Yeah. Cool. Sounds glorious. If you, uh, if you have any more notice. questions, by the way, uh, just slam them in Twitch chat and things like that. And then we'll, if, they're, like, if they're good questions, we'll get to them. We promise. Yeah, absolutely. So do you know how you know that this is taking longer than expected? Yeah. We knew this you started was to happen. take an accent. Yeah, yeah, but you started to take an accent, and we know what happens when we start. Oh, it's the French. Yeah, it's the French Down accent. The oh, it's yeah. Sure. It's oh, <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. Okay. No. Let's uh, let's see what's on the uh, the docket here. First question for Grim specific by Arkeen on Twitter: What are the major challenges for him and improvements he has made over the years during progression? This could be spicy. Uh, mm -hmm. I trust you to answer this to the best of your ability. Well, yeah, okay, it's a two-parter, right? Yeah. So, who deleted the question? Give it back. Give it back, whoever did it. It wasn't me. 
Jasmine. Yeah, it was Jasmine, of course. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, anyways, so basically, the challenges are actually not really even the tech-related stuff. It's basically balancing the um, obligations to guild, to production, uh, and some other things that like personal life, basically. Echo takes hell of a lot of time to do it, as you all may know. And that was probably the biggest challenge. Improvements I made and the things that we did, especially for Guild, I can't talk about, sadly. Mm. I could talk about it for two hours, but With an as NDA long in as place. we're competing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As <laughs> yeah. long as we're competing, this is like, um, uh, I can't talk about it, sadly. Yep. Understandable. Yeah. Cool. Moving on from Twitch chat this time, Frodo's Hairy Feet. Great username. What a name. What a name. Do you rehearse in real time with design or try to have designs ready before trying out animating, etc.? Um, there's some real time with design or try to have designs ready before trying out animating. I'm not sure I completely understand the question. I think I have an idea though. Um, so as far as rehearse, I don't know if I do, if either of you guys have a good answer to this, by the way, I'll take my, I'll take a crack at it. Um, so rehearsing as far as designing and animating stuff goes generally happens um, way before the race uh, for myself, uh, Rasmus and Sam. We are in constant communication with one another. Um, like we were talking about earlier on in the podcast, a lot of our design process starts even before we know when the race is happening, um, has been historically at least. So as if I understand her, her rehearsing correctly, I just mean it in the sense that like you're iterating on something you've already done before. Um, I feel like at this point we have a good understanding of sort of what we want to do and what we want to accomplish on a broadcast design wise um, or just production wise rehearsing. I don't think that necessarily happens as much as you think it would. Maybe I'm wrong there, Sam, but I don't know if much rehearsing goes on. It's more about like ironing out the kinks and sort of iterating on designs we think could be better. Yeah, like we we do a really good job of um, criticizing and like picking apart everything that we've done previously. Um, mm -hmm. Like we uh, we have to do that. It's it's mandatory for us. Like you have to look at it really as objectively as possible and go what worked, what didn't work, what what could be better, what could what could do we need to cut? Um, because sometimes we have great ideas for things and then in execution they're just a bit naff and not good and you get attached to things um and you know i think we've proven over the last couple of hours that we're all kind of fairly heavily emotionally invested in, in terms of like, this job and this the org and how we do our job and sometimes that actually can be a good is a really good benefit and sometimes it's a downside because you get attached to things um and i think we we do a pretty good job of being critical of ourselves and our own work and it's something that like the three of us specifically have between us is like there is kind of like a no bullshit policy like if you like something or you don't like something you have to say it um because it's necessary for us to grow yeah um, mm -hmm. yeah it's such so a I balancing think, like, act too honestly like there's you were just you're talking and i'm getting flashbacks of a bunch of things like um we are inherently super invested in the work that we do and sometimes our passion and the thing that we like the most is what we see only and that's the only thing we like and it's really hard to sometimes say like ah oh, man this wasn't worth it like there was a moment this past race where like we were all talking me you and rasmus and we're like man is this portal worth it like this is like 400 hours at this point is it worth it because this is all yeah. I'm, this is all that we're working on right now like is this worth the time investment that we're putting into it like we ask ourselves these questions all the fucking time you know it's such a yeah. it's such a big balancing act because we don't know if it's really gonna be what we want it to be until we finish it 
but then we're also spending a significant amount of time on doing said things. So, yeah, it's tough. Sorry, Rasmus, I think you want to add something, maybe? No, 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 it's all good. All fine. Cool. Okay, great question. Fantastic mm -hmm. question. One in Twitch chat by Lashy. Hello, Lashy. Nice to hey, see Lashy. you. What do you? What did you guys miss the most while you were away at race? Bed. <laughs> my, my own bed. My own bed. Grim. The, the real answer, like the, the correct answer, is the bed. The real answer is my dog. Aww, Grim's a softy. Shut up. Once you get to know Grim, he's actually like a big teddy bear. It's fine. Sam. Yeah. Ah, like, like of course, like my girlfriend and my dogs, and my like, like we work at home so much. Um, yeah. like it's yeah, we are all we don't have an office. We are all work from home people, and you know, uh, we we get into like this good pattern of like you know like the, how my day to day life runs is like 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 I, I like my dog and my cats. I should say that before I get murdered. Like I, I do have a cat as well. Um. But yeah, like like we all work from home. Like we all get used to a very good like routine and all that sort of stuff. But like when you're away for it, especially when like my girlfriend's holding down the fort, like looking after two dogs and a cat on her own and like tanking everything <laughs> for like a month. I, I really miss being at home and helping out and doing all that sort of stuff. So uh, yeah, but it's it's worth it. But it's like it's worth it. It's very cool, but it has its downsides sometimes. I mean, especially when the race is happening during Christmas, right? It's uh, the timing yeah. couldn't have been worse this race, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it sucks. It's uh, it is what it is, but hey, man. I mean, we're all uh, super invested, and we made it work. I think so. What about you, Mitch? Definitely my bed. I mean, that's like the top thing. <laughs> uh, a, a good night's sleep is so underrated. Um, if any of you are taking it for granted, like I am currently with my degenerate sleep schedule, um, miss having a, a your bed and then your comfortable pillow definitely number one. Um, obviously, my partner and and just like home, being feeling at home. Like I'm a very big homebody. I don't know. I just missed being mm. comfortable and not having to stress every day and being sleep deprived. I didn't really miss that that much. So having good sleep is, I think we all average like 15 hours of sleep when we got back, probably. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. You can actually think like, oh, you're going to be at the hotel. It's going to be awesome. But it's actually good for like four days. And then the bed feels like a brick. Yeah. You just want to get home to your own yeah. bed. Yeah. Because we're going to bed at like two, three in the morning. We're waking up at yeah. 7 a.m. 5 a.m., 6 a.m., 8 a.m., whatever it is, you're just not getting mm. enough sleep, and it's just like it's you're just like a robot at that point. Wake up, work, yep. go to bed. Thanks, Blizzard, for the 5 a.m. reset. It was real great. We yeah, loved that. That was fantastic. How many hours did we actually sleep that night? Three? Like you three, slept four. Yeah, <laughs> Grim did. Yeah, Grim did not sleep that night. Yeah. yeah. I hate you all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You sent us home, Grim. To be fair, like you were like, you know, you guys. I did. Get, you, yeah, so you I told did. us to get out. You were like, no, no, no. You guys get out. Get go True. home. Get out of it. True. Mm. Yeah. I have there's a question that got asked and I I want someone who is not here to answer it if she's here. Jasmine? Hello? Do we summon her? Yeah, we summon, summon her. Jasmine. Yeah. Jasmine unmute. Unmute your demon. Wait till Twitch chat latency happens. Yeah. I mean she heard it already, but it's probably like a phone angle, so she's probably Ah, uh, man. Okay, I'll skip this question. We'll come well, back to we it. We hold that one. Yeah, this is yeah. a good question for Jasmine. Okay. Um, Hoggy X one can you guys talk about how you integrated the raid frames on the side of the stream? I'm so confused. <laughs> Are you okay. watching the right broadcast? Yes. Yeah. So yeah, hold on a second. That, that doesn't sound like us. 
Um, well, I can tell you how the players do it. Uh, there's this in-game feature called uh, Raid Frames, and they, if you enable that, you can actually see all the players that are currently in your current raid. Uh, that's how they do it. I don't know how we did it. I don't think we did mm -hmm. do it. I don't know. No, we did not. No, that's the that's the other broadcast, I think. That's the uh, that's the I see you in Hochat. That's uh, that's the other broadcast. They do that one, but uh, yeah. we'll see what happens next time. Yeah, we've got, no we've got some ideas. Got some yeah, ideas. yeah. Soon, TM. Soon, TM. Yeah. We do like that though. We do like like with like we can we can no we can filter it. That's a very cool feature. It's all good, Hoggy. Yeah. All good. Yeah. All yeah. right. Another question for I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher this. Ver Vermanetje. Vermanetje. Sure. NDI question. Do you use the OBS built-in renderer or a separate app for capture? We actually tried both. Mm -hmm. they, they both have some interesting issues. They both are but not perfect. End, it, it, let's go with that. Uh, but uh, in the end, we use the, well, OBS's plugin to up for capture. Yeah. So just for everyone, yeah. everyone's knowledge, there is a filter you can add to certain sources where you can NDI that source out as a filter on the source. And there's also a plugin as a tool in the top of your OBS that allows you to output the preview or program of your OBS feed. We, we tried both. Yep. Yeah. Also, a birdie told me that someone unmuted, so. Uh-huh. Ah. Jasmine, are you here? Yes, man. Hello. Hello. I have a question for you. Actually, Z Ziwari has, has a question I'm just saying I can't you. hear Mitch, yeah. Oh, okay. Someone oh, okay. else asked the question. I could, I could yep. Jasmine, we have a lovely question question for you uh, that I think you're the perfect person to answer. By the way, chat, this is Jasmine. She's a true hero. Everybody wave at Jasmine. Um, but uh, from but Zilwaras, Zilwaras says, how do you book a venue not knowing how long the event will take? Well, you're actually really, really smart. You find the right venue, like erupt in Bern, Switzerland. You find very dedicated people. And then you ask them, hey guys, we have no clue when the next race will actually happen. We have no clue when we exactly arrive. We don't know when players will arrive. We don't know when casters will arrive. We don't know how for how long we need your venue. And we obviously also don't know when we actually leave. Would you guys be down to actually do that with us? And then if you're really, really lucky and you find a venue like uh, the Europe venue in Bern, Switzerland, then you can actually do it. Other than that, it's a, it's an F angle because that's like the crucial thing. Like we talked to so many venues at this point. Like I can tell you, we had like talks and negotiations with 10 plus venues in the last one and a half years. And it's not possible because the first question I'm asking, so can you actually do that together with us or give us the space? Because guess what? We are actually paying for the space we're renting for that time. And that's a bit spicy as well, right? Can you actually guarantee us that we can have the venue at a certain point in a few months and I can't tell you when exactly for a special amount of time and I can't tell you for how long? Would that be possible? And 95% uh, of venues answering with nope, not going to happen. And that's the moment where I'm like, well, I guess I'm out of here. I guess I need to find something else. The next one, persistence, like an actual champion. This woman has. Oh yeah, I'm very annoying. If I, you know, if I go for something, I go for something. I won't stop. Yeah, there you go. Answer from the the queen herself. Yep. <laughs> Next question from Frodo's hairy feet again. Hairy feet are apparently very popular. Specifically, Frodo's. Yes. Was that a cut? 
cost decision or you guys just wanted to be on top of everything like if you want something done right do it yourself sorry guys thing. do you still need me because i still can't hear mitch yeah? uh, <laughs> you need to tell God, me sorry keep going yeah, she just muted me apparently i, I don't know uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if there yeah, was a you're, question, you're, you need to repeat, boy. <laughs> you're good for the minute, Jasmine. Thank you, though. Good, good. Thank you. Okay, I'll repeat. Was there was that a cut cost, uh, cut cost decision, or you guys just wanted to be on top of everything? Like, if you want something done right, do it yourself. Because usually such events are handled to the arena people, like LOL does, etc. I take a stab at this one first? Yes. Um, so... We are, uh, I think we've we've made it very clear for a couple of times this event how invested we are in this thing coming, like being pulled off right. Like, uh, and the next step for us is being way more involved in how everything works. Every, like, not just not just a little bit, little bits and pieces, but the entire cake. We want to know exactly how it works. We want to be in control of all of the elements of it um, to make sure that we do the absolute best job to make sure that we deliver for our players to play to the best of their ability and get well first and to put on the best show possible. Um, and when you make deals that involve handing over control of certain elements and things like that, when something goes wrong and it's out of your control, it feels crap. Um, and we've had that in the past and this time round, we took a stand that was, uh, I don't think we all kind of understood the, what it was getting ourselves into, what we were getting ourselves into. Um, but we wanted to be in control of as much as possible as a team. Uh, and with working like with great partners like Erupt, who kind of like worked alongside us and like kind of let us do our thing and put us in touch with the people that we needed to be in touch with and helped us do things that we couldn't do because of language barriers and country barriers and stuff, we wouldn't be able to do it. But for us, that level of control over how things goes only gets stronger and deeper and more from this point on. We don't, we don't go backwards now. We, we continue to evolve and make these events for Raiders by Raiders. Uh, so that we can deliver the absolute best product for you guys watching, for our partners that help us make it all possible, and for the players to make sure that they have the best place to play. Yep. Also, a little, uh, little uh, footnote, uh, big thank you to MYI, who uh, I don't think mm. we've mentioned enough. Like, Leva, Cedric, everyone else, uh, I mean, you guys were so incredible. So thank you very much for all of your support, honestly. It was uh, super great working with you and me meeting many of you for the first time. Um, actually, going back to the question before, fondest memories. Having fondue in the pre-visit, that was one of the best oh, moments. So we good. All, we all sat down and had a nice Switzerland cheese fondue together, and it was great. Um, yeah, the friendships we made along the way and the partnerships we've built is awesome. Yep. So thank you. Next question. Good question. Yeah, fantastic question. <clears throat> uh, from Chocolat... Chocolat... Chocolat. Like French. How much time do you spend on preparing for such a thing? I'm assuming like the race to world first. Clear cut mm. answer. I think we started in yeah. end of June, early July. So yeah, yeah. six six months. Fresh. Yeah, and we already started preparing for the next. Yep. Yeah, it's it's also like kind of if you think about it. Currently, we're actually at least from the tech side preparing for not the next race, but the race after that one. Yeah. So it's it's kind of like. You can say like, oh yeah, preparation takes four months, but in reality, it's not more than that. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. That content schedule that they posted. Um, I hate them. I love them, yeah, but I hate but, them. Yeah, but like that, that sort of like forces down a path now that we like we know we have guaranteed two races coming up this year, so we have to start prepping out both of them at the same time simultaneously. We have a timeline. So, wow. Yeah. 
It's, Look at it's that. amazing. Yeah, it's great. It's absolutely amazing. It's we fantastic. Love it. Best, best uh, actual best thing that they've done in a long time for us, but like production wise, at least um, having mm. a clear cut goal of like where we're going, when it's going to happen, sort of like we don't know specific dates, but we know a relatively um, similar timeline to what we're expecting in the past. So yeah, scary, but also awesome. Yeah, great question. Uh, Arioo from Twitch chat. How do you practice making these OBS setups? Seems hard to learn or to make a portfolio without having an event. Yes and no. Yes and yeah. no. About about the without having an event thing. So an event doesn't necessarily need to be an offline event. We've done several events in the past, like our Final Fantasy events, where they've been completely online. Um, and we do them from the comfort of our own homes. We are fortunate enough now to have someone like Grim who is able to set up servers like on the AWS server and Amazon server where we're able to basically host um, a production PC virtually and do all that stuff there. I also now have a uh, streaming PC that's a dedicated slave PC we can use whenever we want essentially to use and test and, you know, poke and prod at different things that we want to test and everything else. So like we do practice pretty often um, hosting events and setting up for events and, and broadcasting events. Um, and we plan to do a lot more in the future. Like we're very still um, getting our feet on the ground in terms of having the main channel up and running and making shows for you guys as often as we possibly can. So um, plenty of practice. I think that's just sort of our job description as we're constantly trying to innovate and do cool things. And if you're a person out there that's looking to um, like show your skills off or like get into that industry, like running your own streams is uh something like that you can build amazing obs's and things like that that you can show off as portfolio pieces you can do that yourself also like i want you to know that when we do final fantasy events and things like that we pull twitch povs that's yep. how we pull in that's how we pull in povs so like if you want to get some friends together and try doing an event thing like that you don't there's nothing complicated just get you get your friends twitch url get twitch turbo <laughs> the biggest piece of advice that we can we can say is like put get a twitch turbo account and log in in the browser source so that you don't get any ads because that'll ruin your day um <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah like you can make events if you want to do a pvp tournament you can do that yourself with push PVPs or Discord dreams or anything or parsec yeah, there's all these cool things that you have the ability to do now uh don't feel like just because you're not going to go do in a big event that you can't try this out and learn how to do this you absolutely do not need that yep 100 great question uh, what's next? We have one from Noriken. What's the biggest thing you guys learned from this production that you'll carry on to the future Race to World First productions? Don't overcomplicate things. Yeah, we have a saying. We have a saying point. now. We have a saying now. It's our oh. new motto. Say it together. Say it together. One, two, keep three. It, keep it oh, simple. Keep it simple. Stupid. stupid. There you go. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. So we've we've developed this motto because we have tried for the past three races now to innovate and constantly change the wheel and do new things and try doing things and maybe they work, maybe they don't, but let's find out. And we have reached this threshold now where we are very comfortable in saying that we have an amazing broadcast. We have done things to the best that we can. We don't want to break the wheel. We don't want to do anything super out of the out of the blue. Um, tons of big new innovations. We want to keep things that we know that we're comfortable with, that we want to keep iterating on, but make slight design changes to. But the fundamental um, foundation there is, is there already, and we want to just go with that. Cause it's a lot less stress than yeah, yeah, yeah. We're also team of three, so yeah, yeah. Hopefully, that's the, hope, that's the thing. Hopefully, some more soon. That'd be nice. That'd be nice. Hopefully, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but I think for for me, a spell specifically, um, we've been talking about an analyst uh for a long time and 
I think that was the best thing that we added to the broadcast this time around was Jesse and G or Jitha in that role. Yep. Um, and we'd only look to expand that. Yep. I think that'd be the thing for me. That was like the the the, mis the missing piece of the puzzle, I think, to tie everything together. Yep. Coolio. Codlack35 from Twitch Chat asks, how much time do you guys spend before and after a race with each other? Are you all very close? <laughs> and I have a sick picture to find while you guys answer this question. Go ahead. Uh, I'll, start, I'll, I'll start us off with this one. Like, uh, yep. we, like, w at the start, we weren't so close. And we kind of, like, chilled out and did some bits and pieces. But over the last couple of years, like, uh, we hang out a lot together now as a group of us, as a, as a team. Like, we really do. Uh, we play video games together. Like, well, I mean, which is my work wife you know like we hang out like it's like we wake up in the morning and have a cup of coffee and phone each other and talk and talk crap for hours um but like that's slowly been expanding into like we like we hang out on our sort of like staff discord and we chat and work all day and things like that and get on with stuff like we're in a normal office environment and stuff we uh we like we have grown very 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 close and i think that makes doing our jobs a lot easier you know yep 100 i think i think it's safe to say now like we are very uh we, we talk to each other like daily we do tons of things whether it's like even if it's not playing video games like we are constantly like informing each other of things that are happening and asking for advice and bouncing ideas off of each other i think it's just like a very open friendly relationship that we all have together and i think that's it's sort of needed in a small team like we have like like sam was saying we have a very 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 small team um of people who do all the things that you guys see for the broadcast and for the events and for all this behind the scenes stuff like we're a very small team and if we don't work well together then kind of just falls apart i can't find it grim i was going to show that the picture of us like uh passed out but it's no, fine, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, whatever that's fine fine yeah, it's fine we, we weren't passed out we, we were just tired yeah we're i mean tired. passed out because of exhaustion that's what i was saying like we're just sleeping yeah, uh, okay okay we're just yeah sleeping. sure yeah fellow sure if he has it in chat ready bookmark mm. somewhere yeah traitor I yes, think this yes. is a you question. That's that is really my mom. Yeah. Yeah, that that is a you question. Yes. <laughs> that, that, you real, need to deal with it. Real pre-mom, my actual mother. Hi mom. Uh asks, where do you see Echo in five years? Who wants to take a stab at it? I mean that's a question for you. Yeah, I'm just gonna throw you under the bus. Go for I, it. I mean yeah. I I will answer it. I'm curious what everyone else thinks. Okay. It's a tough one. It's complicated. Yeah. Yeah. Because you'll, you'll often it ask yourself, like, ways. yeah, yeah, you'll often ask yourself about <laughs> that your personal life, but like when you think about it in terms of uh, our org and everything else. I mean, depends where World of Warcraft is in five years. Mm -hmm. Right now, I yeah. would say, yeah, because we are pretty much dedicated to World of Warcraft, yeah, and our org it depends where World of Warcraft is in five years. Mm -hmm. Right now, that is, and we decide to expand. Yeah, I think in that five-year period, if we find a niche in another genre there's so much that can happen in five years like there's always this all this overarching topic about like the new riot mmo right like let's mm -hmm. say in a hypothetical situation Riot mmo becomes really popular and it's a really good game like it's actually good and we have another world first team in Riot mmo like who the hell knows mm -hmm. where the org is going to be you know what i mean yeah. i just know that like something that echo prides itself on is constantly innovating and constantly being the best at what they do and we have an amazing roster of players. And as you've seen, we have great Final Fantasy players. We have great WoW players in all forms of WoW content, like MDI, um, like PVE, all that other stuff. Like, I think that we're always going to want to have that competitive edge in whatever we do. 
It just depends on what the horizon looks like for other genres and other games. You know, there's so yeah, much we I can think, do, but yeah, I, th I think that's something that I think if any message that Roger and Scribe were here and they would say from mm -hmm. from what I know of them, uh, you know, being like at that pinnacle of competitiveness is something that's very important for Echo. Yeah. Uh, so if we were going to expand into anything else, it would only be with that caveat. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I think it's something that it's a discussion that we have as a team a lot. Um, but yeah, uh, I, uh, I like I'm, I, I'm hopeful that we'll be in a much, in, in a good place in five years. What that looks like, it's really hard to tell because everything changes week to week to month to month in terms of like what what we're doing and how we're doing it. It's yep. exciting. That's all, we, all I can tell you. It's definitely exciting. Looking forward. Yeah, and I think a breath of fresh air that we actually experienced recently was going back to that um, projection for the like the Blizzard production of like what the actual content cycle is going to look like. Because now we can look ahead to six months to a year and say, hey, we've got this coming. We, so we can start preparing for it right now. And we know what's going to happen. It's something that we didn't really know for sure back then. We knew there was going to be a race. We just didn't know when. Now we have more of a sort of idea of sort of, you know, the content that we're going to be able to produce and stuff like that. So, yeah. I can, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Next question from Twitch chat. Fluffy DK asks, how much does Scribe have a finger and ultimately a say in the race world first stream? I mean, it, it, how, how much is he involved in the whole planning? Uh, he is, but not really to a huge extent to in-game things. But at the end, Scribe and Roger do have the ultimate say. So, yeah. Yeah. Here's involved. The Definitely, but in, in the end, they do have to say so. Here's the, here's the thing that speaks a lot more about the prior question we asked about how close are you, right? And it's a little bit different, but it's sort of the same. Um, I feel like there needs to be an inherent trust between everyone that is currently in the organization. So this is the sort of level I'm talking about where Scribe and Roger are so focused on doing other things that they need to be focused on to win the race. And they entrust us with doing what's best for not only the organization, but what's best for the broadcast. And that level of trust is necessary in the sort of environment that we have because again we are a small team and they need to trust us and we need to trust them that they're going to handle their stuff we're going to handle ours and we're all doing it for the same goal we're doing it for the betterment of the organization we're doing it because we love echo and we want it to succeed and that's what it has to be and it, it, i don't think it can be any different because otherwise we need 20 more people um and a bunch of like barriers and things that would stop us from doing and having control over what we have control over now so that sound about right it does yeah like about yeah right. about right yeah like they the, I, i'd like to think of the summer time we've garnered enough trust from them that they get they, they trust us in like how we how we do this uh and uh yeah like obviously we we show them everything but yeah like uh, i think they trust us enough yeah, yeah. am i am i showing this on stream I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna. I'm just. I'm just gonna download it. I'm just gonna download it. At this point, show it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, Twitch chat asked how close we are. Here you go. No. No. We are people tired. <laughs> this is people sleep. This is no bed in no bed nearby. We sleep here. We sleep on you floor. Know, you know that like topic of like is the hotel venue like good thing or a bad thing mm -hmm. in that in this case it would be a good yeah it would have been nice to have a hotel like really close yeah 
Yeah. Walking five feet or walking five minutes away, it's too far. Nah. No. Nah. Nah. No, it's too Not much. Happening. Especially yeah, when you much. needed to wake up like three and a half hours later. So, no. That's a pass. Yeah. yeah. And um, as just a, a general stamp on this, the end of the podcast, if you... Uh, envision yourself or you feel like you are the kind of person that would fit uh, in this sort of scene, in this career path. If you feel like you're good at what you do, please never hesitate to send uh, any of us your portfolio, your resume, um, whatever it is. We will always try to look and see if that is a, a fit for what we what we're trying to accomplish. We're, uh, yeah, like my my Twitter DMs are open. Yeah, so uh, if yeah, like if you want to send me over like portfolios or anything and things like that like please please do like we are, we are always looking especially yes yeah yes <laughs> if you are a shit hot graphic designer and you are you are you know world of warcraft uh we are very interested for chat help rasmus help the man yeah. he needs help, help. Me. look at this poor swedish boy doing all of this graphic design work on his by himself all right yeah. if you see yourself helping uh yeah just get drop us a dm that'd be cool cool yeah I think uh, we're all hungry. I think we have been streaming for three hours now. Mm -hmm. Is everyone satisfied? Mm -hmm. Have we talked about everything? I think I think we covered a wide variety of things. I think we're yeah. Good. Yeah. Good. Everyone happy? Cool. Well, yeah. chat. I hope you uh, all enjoyed the. I hope you all enjoyed the podcast. Once again, a large, massive, enormous thank you to Elgato for powering the stream with their amazing microphones, and to Starforge for giving us uh, PCs beyond our wildest dreams for the last race world first couldn't have done it without you and um yeah i guess uh that's it that's a love chat thank you we'll very see much you chat. before the next race yeah thank you 100 take care chat have a great night bye, -bye.